you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. I've read Mark Twain. I've read Huckleberry Finn. I think I earned the right to go on the internet and see that guy get a chainsaw in the face. My dad was drunk and my mom was dealing with it. Guess what? I get raised by Cookie Monster. My cock looks like it's been in a hockey fight. Time my stupidity. It's at the speed of goddamn light. I got a bunch of blocks. Hey, what's happening? I'm Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. I am doing a podcast. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm here at a table by a desk recording. That that seems weird. Hold on a second. Why would I say that? I'm not. I'm at a desk. I'm not at a table by a desk. Why? Who would have a table by a desk. Let's let's break that down for just a second. Why the fuck that didn't even enter my brain? I only have several tables in the house. I have two desks and they're not next to one another. That would just, I, you know what? It, actually, let me correct myself. I have nothing but tables and desks. That's all I have in my house. My house is just a plethora of flat surfaces for you to lay things on, including yourself. If you came over and you wanted to go ahead and grab a nap, feel free to lay on a hard flat surface. Oh, isn't that, isn't that always the best place to sleep? I know I've done that before. Here's one thing I did a long time ago. Uh, when I got kicked out of a house, when I was with my mom, my uh, well, my family, I got kicked out of my house one night and I had to go sleep somewhere. It's a long story. Did I ever tell this story? I must have told this story. Look at me jumping into a story right away. It's not really a story, more of an anecdote and less of an anecdote than more of a sentence. Uh, although it would be longer than a sentence, I suppose. Hi. By the way, this is part of the new normal, me recording on Thursday. I... I uh, I'm trying, uh, whatever the fuck, you don't, you're tired of hearing me explain it. So the point is I'm recording today on a Thursday. Next week, we'll hopefully record on a different day. But now you're getting this on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, So instead of a Thursday evening. So there's like now, there's like a 12 hour shift in the time that you normally get the show. Normally, it's just there waiting for you at three or four in the morning. And now you'll get it at three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, And then you'll have it for your Friday workday. Look at that. Or you can take it on your weekend or you take it up to camping. Are you going camping? Are you going to cabin fever? Are you going to go somewhere where Freddie lives? Or No, Freddie doesn't live in a cabin. Uh, Jason lives in a cabin. Well, he doesn't live in a cabin. What if Jason had a cabin? See, then it'd be easier to find him. That dude's just fucking hiding in the goddamn woods. I never thought about this. Now that I'm going to uh, go ahead and, and really put the, the, the screws to the Friday the 13th myth. Uh, Jason lives in the woods, right? And he never sleeps. That dude does not fucking sleep at all. He, or he sleeps during the day. Or I guess he killed some people during the day. He didn't have a cabin. He slept in the woods. He never showered. Oh, Jason's got a reek, right? That's just, I, I think, I think if you see Jason or you have any sort of interaction with him, you hope he puts a machete into your fucking face, at least into your nose, because that dude's got to smell like 14 goddamn miles of dead body road. Holy fuck, Jason, take a shower, get out of that goddamn army jacket. And he's covered in guts and blood. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to enjoy those movies that, now, that much anymore. Now that I think about the fact that they must fucking smell awful and those campgrounds must smell awful. If you're up there, he's killed millions of people in those fucking campgrounds. And if you're like, hey, let's go to Camp Crystal Lake because it's a, it's a joke. Ha ha. That guy's here and he might be killing people. And then you find out, of course, it's real. That's always the thing is too. people are like, aha, the myth of Jason. And they tell the story around the campfire. And then later on, of course, Jason shows up and he puts a pneumatic drill in their fucking eye socket. And everybody's like, aha, I told you at the campfire that he existed. And all the people in town are like, we told you not to fucking go there. There's always the crazy person at the goddamn local store who's like, you don't want to go to Camp Crystal Lake. There's a Jason. I don't know if he did it like that. Um, are you more likely to listen to a guy who does it like that? If, if a guy, let's, let me ask you this. All right. Here's the thing. Say you're at a, a cabin in the woods or you're heading to a cabin in the woods and you stop at a grocery store to load up on Fritos and s'mores and whatever the fuck. And, uh, and you look at the person behind the counter and they're like, where are you going? And you're like, Camp Crystal Lake. And they're like, dude, 
I'll fucking go to Camp Crystal Lake. And you're like, why not? We heard it's awesome. And he's like, dude, it's scary. There's a Jason up there. He fucking kills people. And you're like, what's a Jason? You're like, you don't even know what the fuck a Jason is. It's a big fucking linebacker in a goddamn army coat. And he's got a fucking hockey mask on and he carries any number of knives. Like literally, he's just, he's just fuck. He's like the Joker. He's got 8 billion fucking knives, but not a purple suit. He's wearing a goddamn army jacket with a fucking hockey mask. And he's going to fuck you up with switchblades and whatever the fuck else he founds. And, 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 you know, he doesn't even need knives. He's, he's fucking huge. He's gigantic. He's like cane holder size. And he's going to pull out a log and smash you in the fucking head. And, uh, or he's going to hang you on a hook. Or he's going to throw you in a tree. He's going to pick you up by the ankles and beat you off a couple of stumps. Whatever. And he's going to hold you. Even if, he, even if it's relatively painless. Even if he just grabs you and he holds you underwater, you're still going to die. Because he's big and you can't wrestle your way, yourself away from him. And in your head, you're just like, dude... I just want a potato salad to bring up to my fucking camping trip at Camp Crystal Lake. Could you just go ahead and put the potato salad in the bag? Now, are you more likely to listen to that cat who gives you that long speech about getting smashed on tree stumps? Or if there's a spooky guy behind the counter and you come up and you're like, uh, hey, uh, can I go ahead and get some unpopped popcorn? Because we're going to make some uh, popcorn up at Camp Crystal Lake. And he goes, you don't want to go to Camp Crystal Lake. There's a Jason. Now, do you listen to that guy or do you, do you even, cause I'll tell you what the first guy, when he said, look, you don't want to go there. There's a Jason there. You were, you were instinctually, th- you thought to ask, well, what's a Jason? And then he tells you, but if this guy goes, there's a Jason, aren't you just getting the fuck out of there? Aren't you just, you're not even talking to that guy one more. You're not even buying the popcorn at that point. You're like, you know what? We don't need any supplies for Camp Crystal Lake because this weird fucking fake Dracula dude behind the counter just put his hands. And by the way, you didn't even see this because you can't see. I forgot it's a podcast. I'm literally, I have my hands in the air like I'm casting a spell. Oh, Jason. And uh, if he did that to you, you'd just be like, well, let's get the fuck out of here before the count starts going to nine and we got to sit here and wait for the thunder and lightning, for fuck's sake. Uh, hold on. Ooh, that was weird. I inhaled and, and exhaled at the same time. Can you do that? I got to learn to breathe through my eyes for this fucking show. I'm sitting here talking at a goddamn light speed, and then the next thing you know, I'm fucking coughing up a lung. Uh, 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 making noises that I shouldn't make. Hi. All right, so which one of those guys are you more likely to listen to? First of all, are you even likely to go camping at Crystal Lake? Are you, who wants to go camping? Jesus, fuck. Hey, let's go sleep in the dirt. Let's go try to build a fire like uh, after the apocalypse. I, I, that's all it is. Camping is just apocalyptic training. That's all it is because we all know the end is coming. Everything's happening. The water wars will be upon us soon. I don't even think there's going to be zombies. It's just going to be fucking like bikers and dumb shit like that. All these dudes are like Tom Savini and death metal. going to be driving around in fucking denim vests on their motorcycles trying to find people and drag them. And I don't want to get dragged by Tom Savini clones. I don't want to have that happen to me, man. That just sounds like fucking not fun at all. Um, do I, do I, do you kill yourself when all the shit hits the fan? Do you do that? Or you just try to hold out hope as much as you can barricade yourself in your house, in your apartment. I saw some woman on Twitter the other day and she wrote a long thread and it, it was like, it was like six threads in a row. And I, I agree with her completely. She's like, hey, man, all these doomsday preppers and all these motherfuckers that think they're ready for this shit to happen, they have no idea what's coming. They have no idea. We've seen how many movies, certainly, where they try to warn us about what's going to happen when everything goes to hell, uh, when the skies turn black and the rivers run with blood and then sheep come to life and they bite you. Um, are the sheep our main concern? Is that I, I think I'd be more concerned with human beings and with that guy behind the counter. Like, they're sheep. He's warning me about the apocalypse now. Um, but she was just like, man, you know, you, you're going to hide in your house and hide in your fucking basement. And uh, like the trouble's going to come to your house. Like, it's not like you're going to be able to hide from trouble. All of a sudden, troubles are just going to show up. And I agree with that, man. Because, I mean, dude, we're all within that parameter now. I mean, honestly, nobody answers their door anymore, right? You don't answer your door. And I, I maybe I'm... 
I mean, look, I live in an apartment complex. I li- look, I live in a very exclusive gated community. Don't kid yourselves. I've got uh, I've got gates that you got to operate with a button. Uh, it's so funny. I always think to myself, well, is my is my building safe? And my building's fairly safe. You know what I mean? Because there's like a, there's a lock on the front door, certainly, and then there's a, a carport area, and there's t- uh, locks on the two doors from the carport area into my building. But, dudes, the uh, I always wonder if my carport is safe. There's like a fucking eh. It's about an, about an eight foot wall to get into my carport. Now anybody can climb that fucking thing. Anybody with any wherewithal on a grappling hook can go ahead and fucking hop over that and then go ahead and rifle through everybody's possessions and steal all of our maps. Don't take our maps. Stay out of our carport. Leave our maps alone, motherfuckers. How dare you? How dare you break into my carport and steal all of our maps? Because I'll tell you what, that's all they're going to get. They're going to get the maps. They're going to try a couple of doors. They're going to be locked. Then they're going to leave. But then in the morning, everybody who lives in this building is going to have no idea how to get anywhere in the world. We're going to be like, holy shit, our Thomas guides and our maps are gone. Darn you thieves. At least in the old days. But now you get a phone. It's got a map in it. It's got a calculator in it. It's got a flashlight in it. I feel bad for the calculator and flashlight industries. There had to be, like, Texas Instruments is furious right now, right? Do they even exist anymore? Texas Instruments has got to be long gone. First of all, let me ask you this. With the education they dispense out in Texas, when they're telling people about fucking, like, they, they, like they're like, slavery was an inconvenience and God rules all in your textbooks, um, I can't trust those people to make me a calculator, right? I mean, Texas Instruments, that's got to be, it's probably missing like the multiplication symbol or something. And it's like, no, oh no, actually it's probably got multiplication because we want to, you, they want you to go forth and multiply like Jesus. They don't want you to divide. Oh wait, maybe they want to divide and conquer. Hold on. Divide is there. <laughs> Texas Instruments, they've got multiplication and div- division. Um, they probably don't. And they have adding. Oh, they might have subtracting too. Subtracting immigrants, adding white people, dividing and conquering. And uh, go forth and multiply. All right, you know what? Maybe I trust Texas Instruments. I, t- I literally talked myself out of Texas Instruments and then talked myself back into Texas Instruments. Um, but there's got to be, like, isn't there some, uh, I'm sure somebody in Texas decided that, like, six is an unlucky number. Oh, the sixes, that's it. The three sixes, those are gone. They, they can't, I'll bet you on a Texas Instruments calculator because of their love of Jesus and, and country, if you try to do something with the number 666, it doesn't show up. I mean, you can still write boobs with an 80085. Um, eight double oh, yeah, and then turn it upside down. No, you got to go eight five eight double oh eight, and then turn it upside down, right? No, because then there's the S. That's spoob. <laughs> Nobody wants a spoob. Um, but if you want boobs, certainly go eight double oh eight five. But I bet with the Texas Instruments, you can't do six 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 because that would violate the Lord in some way, man. And so Texas Instruments doesn't have a six on their goddamn calculator. See, I don't trust those motherfuckers. I don't trust anybody. I'm. I'm like I said, I'm barricading myself in my house. I'm not worrying about anybody on the outside. I mean, all my maps are gone, certainly, uh, which is very disappointing for me. But yeah, Texas Instruments made all the calculators, and they, they've got to be out of business at this goddamn point. Although, like I said, I don't know why we trusted them in the first place, but those fucking calculators have to be gone because your phone's a calculator, and your phone's a phone, so all your landlines are gone. I, when I was doing the, the purge here in my house, I was going through closets and shit. I found two different landline phones with answering machine messages, and part of me was like, you know, I should listen to these messages. You know, what, what the fuck? You know, dudes, I am the master of distracting myself from fucking anything. Anything I need to get done, I can go ahead and find a way to avoid it. Uh, case in point, me recording the show on a goddamn Thursday. Um, but I would dig stuff out of the closets. Like, I still have the fucking, uh, all of my videotapes. You know, I just didn't, I didn't cashier my videotapes. I was going to, but I couldn't bring myself to throw them away because I keep thinking at some point I'll go ahead and find out what's on them because all of my fucking game show appearances, all of that stuff is right there on my videotapes. And I don't know. And look, nobody cares about that shit. I do. But for what? To what end? What am I going to do? 
I'm going to save all of my ultimate fan league appearances to a hard drive. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? And sit here and jerk off and watch myself win a trip to the all-star game. Get the fuck out of here, man. What the fuck? Just move on. There's that point where you just got to go, you know what? Nothing in the past matters. But then unfortunately past this prologue and you wind up living the goddamn thing over and over. And that's why I'm recording the show on a goddamn Thursday. Hi. Um, but you try, you try to beat your past out of you and you just think to yourself that thing where you want to walk the fuck away. Like I've done that where I've just thrown shit away. I did that where I told you I've, uh, you know, I, I had stuff for my marriage. I had all sorts of stuff here lurking in the house and you, it just, it just seems like bad luck to throw away things that meant great things to you. But at the same time, you got to move on with your fucking life. But those videotapes, man, there's gotta be, there's, it's a treasure trove. There's so many good things on there. And there's, uh, and by the way, there's also so many things that don't fucking matter at all. Like I said, what am I going to find? Some old copy of the Goonies? What the fuck, man? And that's a lie. You know what? That's even a lie. That's the first thing that popped into my goddamn head, but I'll never find a copy of the Goonies because A, I've never seen the Goonies and B, I've never wanted to see the Goonies and three, who cares about the fucking Goonies? Even if I got it now, am I going to sit down and watch it? There's shit I won't watch now. I'm supposed to be watching Daredevil and all sorts of shit. I got to watch Apocalypse Now for some fucking homework. I got all sorts of stuff that's in, on my fucking plate. So am I going to really watch the Goonies at some point? No, the Goonies are dead to me. Never. I don't want to see Short Round and Chunk and whoever the fuck. I don't need to do a truffle shuffle to anybody. And that's right. See, there you go. I know the Goonies. I've never seen the Goonies, but I know all I need to know about the Goonies. Short Round, Truffle Shuffle, Chunk. That's it. The end. What else do I need to know about the fucking Goonies? Don't they go on like a, a giant water slide or some shit or there's a roller coaster or aren't they fighting? Are they fighting monsters? I don't even know. I don't, I know fuck all about the Goonies. I know it's a touchstone for some people from my age group, but for me, it just never turned into a thing that I went to see or experience. I don't give a flying fuck. And you know why? Cause the name, honestly, I think it was the name that chased me the fuck away when I was a kid. Like I, and it's funny. We talk about now all the fractured experiences. Like do kids today have anything that they, like we all watched the day after when I was a kid and I think it was 1983. And then the next day you went to school, we all talked about the fucking day after because it was scary as shit. Nuclear war. What the fuck, man? Look what could really happen to us. And uh, the same thing happened with Roots. You know, I mean, in 1977, I all of a sudden Roots is on. I'm watching Roots and I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, and it's funny. Th- that stuff stays with you, man. I mean, I you know, I've, look, I've talked before about Sesame Street and shit like that. That's your formative years. But I watched Roots when I was a kid. I can still remember, like th- literally vividly, I can see the scene in my head where uh, where they break LeVar Burton where they break Kunta Kinte and they, and he says his name is Toby. They whip him until he says his name is Toby. It is so powerful and fucking brutal. And even as a 10 year old or whatever the fuck I was, I was like, Oh, I, I cried. I remember how fucking horrible it was and thinking, Jesus, cause again, it's an amazing miniseries and it's an amazing, uh, introduction for a lot of us into what fucking people went through. You know what I mean? Like I said, I mean, fuck, I just talked about the textbooks in Texas. They're just like, Hey man, there was a civil war and some stuff happened and now we're here today. And they don't want to give you any fucking history lesson about the terrible shit that people have done through the goddamn war years. Um, but I remember that scene and it fucking broke me, man. And I'm, uh, and you know what else scene I remember now? I remember, uh, Old person Sandy Duncan running into old person, I believe it's Leslie Uggams. And when they were kids, it was Kizzy. Uh, that was that was Leslie Uggams' name. Her name was Kizzy. And she was Sandy Duncan's friend when they were small before she lost her eye and uh, became Peter Pan. And they, this is then like, you know, there was a black person and a white person. Now she was, Kizzy was certainly her slave or whatever the fuck and worked for her. But uh, but then they, they wound up together as young people. They didn't see, you know, they didn't see color. They didn't see race. They didn't see slavery. But then if I remember right, something happens and Sandy Duncan betrays Kizzy or lets her get sold or they sell her baby. I don't know what the fuck it was. Something again, something horrific, something 
really terrible happened. And then Kizzy gets, she gets sold off the farm, whatever the fuck. And then Sandy Duncan goes off, like I said, on Broadway. And then she comes back as she's old and she's down in the fucking plantation world. And Kizzy has to get her a glass of water. And Sandy Duncan doesn't recognize Kizzy, but Kizzy recognizes Sandy Duncan. Uh, I don't know why Kizzy is, why Leslie Uggams is Kizzy. <laughs> she's Leslie Uggams. Sandy Duncan is, because I don't remember Sandy Duncan's character's name. Uh, Whitey McWhite White. Perhaps it's that. I don't know. She could be that. Uh, White Crone. Crony White Might. Um, so she, she shows up in like a covered wagon or some bullshit. And she's like, here, you uh, slave, get me some water. And Kizzy recognizing Sandy Duncan, but, you know, wanting to throttle the fuck out of her because earlier they sold her baby or whatever the fuck happened on the goddamn farm or the plantation. She goes, all right, man, I'll get you some water. No problem. She walks over and she gets water out of the well. And then she, and I'll, I'll never forget it. She goes, and she spits in the water. And then Sandy Duncan drinks the spitty water. And so Leslie Uggams gets a small, tiny, minuscule fraction of revenge against our friend Kizzy. Uh, and, and look, I gotta be honest with you. If you were a slave, you had to spit in all the food, right? Didn't you spit in all the food? We always talk now today, like nobody wants to send their food back because they're all worried about it. Because you know why? First of all, people aren't animals. Let's talk about that. I, you know, I'm sure the slaves didn't spit in food, but it would, it would be, a, even if they did, it's a small fucking revenge. But like now when people are like, ah, I can't send my food back because the chef will fucking stick his finger in it or whatever the fuck. I mean, I don't want him dangling my balls in his soup or his balls in my soup. You know what? Actually, bullshit. I'm going to send this dish back and he's going to call me back there. I'm going to dangle my balls in his soup. Take that, chef. That's your punishment for giving me soup that I didn't enjoy. You get ball soup from me, baby. Uh, And by the way, I've worked in kitchens. Nobody does that shit. Nobody does that shit at all. I mean, and then I know you're going to all send me clips from online where you're like, oh, really? Well, look at this. And some guy's licking a fucking banana. And I'm like, oh, well, by the way, I don't even know what restaurant is serving bananas. (laughs) But I want to go to that restaurant. Ball soup and bananas. Holy fuck. Does that sound like something I want to go ahead and indulge in? Absolutely. You know what? Let me get myself, myself. Let me get myself a big, big bowl of ball soup and bananas. Holy fuck. What restaurant? serves bananas i mean it's funny when you go to buffets uh in vegas or wherever the fuck like old country buffet that's my that's my that's the laziest part of the buffet they'll have like a tray of pudding and a tray of fucking eggs and whatever the fuck and a, you know weird hash browns but then there's always that fruit plate and it's like 17 apples four bunches of bananas a whole fuck ton of grapes that's that's literally just if you're working there you got to be like the king if you're the king if you're the guy who stacks the fruit everybody else is cooking they're slaving away they're making powdered eggs and bullshit for everybody to eat over there and you're like you know what man i got the grapes i'm on grape duty stand aside ladies and gentlemen i've got both kinds green and purple look at me handling the fucking grape business i'm a fucking king i'm the fruit king of this buffet step aside i got eight thousand bunches of bananas i'm gonna throw out there and yes all of them are green that's the worst when they don't even fucking ripen the bananas they just throw fucking because again it's just buffets are for animals i think we all know that right old country buffet and uh any of the buffets in vegas I went to a buffet in Vegas one time. Or no, what was it? Mesquite. Did I talk about this on here before? Uh, I was in Mesquite fucking Nevada. I was doing a show with my brother. Uh, that was a fucking nightmare. Um, I've told this story. Well, I told the story live on, on on stage, I believe. Was it that trip? I think it was that trip. And uh, we went to a buffet once and they, they you know, I did I did tell the story. Lenny was like fucking shitty to the server. Whatever, I, had, I had to fucking pay for the buffet. Long story. Anyway, that means nothing. I'm not even going to go into that part of it. What the part I'm going to go into is whenever you go to Vegas or you go to Mesquite or whatever the fuck in Nevada, they always get a buffet. And then they, they always have like 
crab legs or sushi. And I'm in my head, I'm just like, this is the fucking desert, man. I'm going to eat crab legs in the middle of the goddamn desert. And look, I recognize there are planes and trains and certainly automobiles that'll bring you some sort of shipment of seafood from the coast, but I just can't. And then at, well, in Mesquite, which is even more inland than Vegas, Vegas at least makes sense because everybody's like, oh man, you know, Vegas is this fucking bright light city going to check my soul or set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money with uh, and something to burn and let's get those stakes up higher. I can't believe I can't pull the lyrics this fast. Um, there's a lot of pretty women waiting out there. They're all living devil my care and I'm just a devil with love to spare. So viva <laughs> Las Vegas. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? Elvis? No, he wasn't. I didn't talk about him. Oh, fucking crab legs. So dudes at this buffet in Vegas, they, they, in Mesquite, they had crab legs that didn't even look like I, I didn't, there was no, there's no way that there are crab. They were mutant crabs. There's no way it, it looked like it looked, you ever, all right, you know what sausage is? Of course, what a dumb question that is. I mean, links of sausage, like when they're honest, you ever see a link chain of sausages? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to describe this. You've, you know what sausage links are, of course. But did you know that they often come together? Like, uh, like if you've ever read a children's book where a, where a dog steals hot dogs from a butcher shop, you ever see that? And he runs away and he's basically got two hot dogs in his mouth and then it's trailing all of these links of hot dogs because they're all tied together by fucking pig intestine. Because that's all fucking sausage and hot dogs are. It's literally, they went, hey, let's grind up the rest of the pig and then stuff them in his fucking intestines because we are monsters. Who thought of that? Who the fuck just, you know, because again, you can kill a wild boar as a caveman and then slice him up and cook him on a fire and eat him. Who the fuck out there went, you know, you know what? I fucking hated this pig. I'm going to fuck him up even further after smashing his skull in. Let's figure out more creative ways to fuck with this pig even after death. And then you fucking skin him and then you grind it all up into a force meat. And then, and, I, and it's a force meat clearly because you force it back into its skin. Literally, that's what they did. They fucking killed the boar. These cavemen are just like, uh, boar dead. And uh, this guy's like, man, it took fucking forever to catch this goddamn board. And he's like, yeah, man, they should know better. If we hit him on the fucking head, he should just die. This guy made his work for fucking hours. So they were fucking furious at this boar. So these fucking Oog and Og, these cavemen are just like, fuck, man, what are we going to do this pig? We got to punish him. Well, what if we just eat him? We cook him and eat him. Nah, fuck that. I we got to send a message to this pig in the afterlife that he was a dick. So they fucking take this pig. They, they cook him over a fucking open flame. And then they uh, they scrape all of his flesh off. And then they're like, well, we could just eat this fucking guy. And they're like, no, man, fuck that. Let's uh, let's grind it up. Let's let's really fucking send a message to this goddamn pig in in, in pig hell or wherever the fuck he is. So then they take his fucking uh, his meats and they just they, they they develop a way to grind. I don't know how the fucking how would cavemen do that? Maybe you know what? Maybe they sharpen the the jawbone of the pig. They used his own fucking bones to grind him up. Oh, because I don't. You know, I know clearly giants will use their bones to make their bread or grind their bread or whatever the fuck. Uh, or they'll grind your bones to make their bread. But these guys, they took the bones and they used it to grind the meat to go ahead and make a fucking pig pile of fucking ground meat. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, take that pig. Not only we kill you and, and we skinned you and then we cut all your meat off, but now we've ground your meat into an even smaller version of you. Now look at you. You're all fucking uh, mushy. It is terrible. And then they were like, well, this isn't enough. And Og is like, what the fuck? And Oog is like, fuck that, dude. This pig was fucking, he, he pissed me off. And they're like, what do you want to do? And he goes, yeah, here's what we do. Let's tear off all of his stomach lining. And form it into tubes and then we'll stick his old meat into his stomach lining. So here's the thing. It's mocking him because we're going to eat him. But before we do, we're pretending that he ate himself. We're making him eat himself by fucking taking his goddamn stomach lining and we're stuffing it with the rest of his meat. And Og is just like, man, you are. What the fuck is wrong with you, Oog? You are fucking bananas, man. And Og is just like, all right, well, let's whatever. And Oog is like, fuck yeah, grind it up, man. Force meat. He invented the word. 
And, uh, and he takes the stomach lining and he rolls it all up and he stuffs it in there. And there's way too much meat for one link. I, I will tell you this. Initially, when they first did this, they made the biggest sausage link you've ever seen. Holy fuck. Imagine if you killed an entire wild boar, ground him the fuck up, and you just made one giant fucking sausage link. And Og and Uger are like, how are we going to cook this, man? I mean, first of all, you got to make sure we don't get trichinosis. We got to go ahead and cook this all the way through. We're never going to be able to cook this gigantic fucking Zeppelin filled with pork meat. What the fuck? And Oog is like, here's the thing. I figured it out. And Og is like, what do we do? And he goes, you know what we do? We fucking, let's make smaller links. And uh, Og is like, hey, man, I got, uh, I got to be honest with you. This is, this is turning into a lot of work for fucking dinner. And Oog is like, fuck that. And he invents, you know, and first of all, not only did he invent sausage, he invented the chef's hat. He invented a fucking chef's dog. He threw that on his head. And Og is like, what the fuck, man? And Oog is like, fuck you, man. Look at this. I got a special sausage making hat. And he goes, what sausage? He goes, that's what I'm calling this. He goes, why wouldn't you just call it pig stomach force meat? And he goes, aha, I'm inventing words all over the goddamn place. And then they made a, bunk, uh, a fucking string of sausage links. And they fried them up and they invented breakfast. Goddamn Oog and Og, they invented a ton of shit. They invented the word force meat. They invented the chef's hat. They invented breakfast and they invented the word sausage and they invented the sausage making uh, activities, uh, which is good for them. Oog and Og, we owe a lot to those guys. And I learned all of that in a Texas textbook, by the way, in case you're wondering where I think, where I came up with all this, it was in a textbook from Texas. It's right there in the Oog and Og uh, chapter in the Og and Oog chapter. I look, I, I got to look, I don't want dis, to uh, disrespect Oog by making him second Oog and Og or Og and Oog. I don't look at what, what sounds better. What sounds better to your ear palate? Og and Oog or Oog and Og? Uh, I, you know, phone lines are open now. Go ahead and give me a call. <laughs> 591-SCHMIDT. Go ahead and dial me up right now. Uh, so, yeah, so those guys invented sausage. How the fuck did it even come up? I don't even remember. We were talking about pigs and eating. Uh, oh, crab legs. Holy fuck. So, dudes, uh, these crab legs, they, they just, um, I don't even... Do you ever see the movie Them? If you ever seen the movie Them, that's about radioactive ants. And they're in the desert, man. And they're like, yar! And they're walking around. And they're, I don't know if they're ant pirates, but maybe they were. And they're walking around like, yar! They got their fucking giant ant legs. And when I saw these crab legs in the fucking desert, I, I literally, they were so big. In my brain, I, I thought of the movie Them. Because they had those weird ant legs. And I'm like, holy shit, this might be radioactive fucking ant legs. Fuck crab legs. Because again, we're in the middle of the goddamn desert. And you're, you're a lot more likely. Here's how I put it. Deep in the desert, you're a lot more likely to have radioactive ant legs than you are to have crab legs. Despite the fact that planes and trains and certainly automobiles will go ahead and bring things in from the coast, as I've mentioned earlier in this podcast. Uh, so I avoided them. And I, I don't like eating crab legs anyway, man. That's just, you know what? Crab legs, that's just fucking, you know what that is? It's just ocean scented murder. Like literally it's an excuse to hit shit with hammers. I don't want to fucking eat a crab leg. I mean, I don't, again, I bring me a, bring me a plate of food, bring me a plate of food that I can eat. It's I, look, if I've got a fork and knife, that's all the tools I want to use in my goddamn, in, in my, my food experience, my, my meal making, my meal eating, my dinner experience, whatever the fuck I got a fork and a knife and a spoon. The end. Don't, don't bring me a mallet and a towel because that's at that point you're just like, wait, am I? Am I having dinner or am I fucking Dexter? Like, what the fuck is happening here? All of a sudden, you're putting me in a lead-lined apron. It's like when you go to the dentist and they're like, hey, man, we're going to just blast your mouth with fucking gamma rays and turn your tongue into the Hulk. And you're like, all right, that's fine. They go, well, we'll just put this apron on and see if you're okay. And I'm like, whatever the fuck happens, happens. That's fine. I'm never going to have children again because I wanted to have a better smile. And the whole point of having a better smile was to find ladies who wanted to have children with me. What the fuck, man? How dare you guys cut my own balls off? Uh, so, uh, sure enough, man, when you, you, uh, you got to go out and get crab legs, they bring you 
instruments of death. Like that that's the whole deal. It's like you see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, fucking Leatherface is hitting people on the head with a goddamn mallet and then he makes head cheese out of him and he fucking hangs that one chick on a hook and all that fucking terrible shit. And every time they bring me crab legs, they always bring me that little fucking uh, it, it's like a hook and a fucking mallet and like I said, there's a bib and I just, dude, everybody's like, oh, dude, that's totally part of the experience and I'm like, yeah, not for me, man. I don't want part of that fucking experience. I want you to bring me a plate of food. I want to eat dinner and have a nice conversation. I don't want to be banging the shit out of stuff like a three-year-old hitting a fucking xylophone. Jesus Christ. Give me a mallet to eat dinner with? This is far too much work as far as I'm concerned. You know what? Do you have guys who work in the back? Let them crack these fucking things and peel out the fucking crab meat and bring me a pile of it. Just bring me a pile of crab meat. That's all I want. Nobody wants to, it's like I said, when you go to the fucking Brazilian steakhouse, I don't want a meat puzzle. Just fucking bring me meat. I don't need a bunch of guys in Halloween costumes giving me half a pigeon. Fuck that, man. (laughs) I said that in the previous episode and my buddy reminded me of that this week. So I had to shoehorn it in here. I just came into my brain. Um, I have a buddy named Bob, uh, who's one of the funniest fucking guys in the world. I I saw him on stage one time and he just, I I can still do his act, like part of his act. And uh, I saw him 20 years ago. And my buddy and I watched him on stage at the comedy room. Anyway, so Bob has a son now, and his son is like 15. And Bob wrote me a text, and he's like, dude, he goes, uh, my son, he could not stop laughing at Brazilians. Like, they're listening to the podcast, which, good for him, and God bless him, and I'm sorry, I feel bad for his son. But uh, but he said that they laughed at the Brazilian steakhouse thing, and they remembered that line, I don't need a guy in a Halloween costume to bring a half a pigeon. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? You know what I do? I bring back the greatest hits for you, folks, on a Thursday afternoon, the gloomy Thursday afternoon here in Los Angeles. <sighs> All right, I should probably take a breath now, huh? I should go ahead and I, you know, it's weird. My uh, my nose. I don't mean to sniffle in your in in here, it, it, folks. I need a producer. I need uh, I need somebody to take the reins on this goddamn show. Like I said, the the whole point is I'm anticipating uh, like an entire physical breakdown, and I don't know why. I'm 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 working out hard, you know, doing uh, lifting certainly, and I'm about to add in the cardio, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm making a concerted effort toward eating properly in a way that I've been told, like, I, I don't want to call it keto. I've talked about doing keto on here, but I think I'm just going to go like low carb, no carb, that kind of deal. Because I mean, keto seems like, that just seems like a label. And Hey man, I'm not into labels. You know me, I'm just going to eat fucking force meat. That's how I'm handling my business. Uh, so, but physically I just feel like you heard, you heard me sniffling and I will tell you this, this, when I talked about somebody needs to grab the reins on the show, I just mean, Someone who I, they can hit stop and start, I guess, when I want to go blow my nose. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Cause I just want to talk through, you know what I mean? My brain is fucking working. We're running downhill. So I just want to go ahead and talk as quickly as I possibly can and not have any stop downs and shit like that. But if there was somebody here doing the producing and the editing and shit like that, then I could be like, Hey, you know what? I'll be happy. Why don't I take a break? And I don't know if it hurts the quality of the show to not have me take a break. Uh, but I enjoy just kind of talking at the speed of my head and seeing what the fuck happens and where we're going to wind up at what time uh, at the bottom of the hill. You know what I mean? Just like a goddamn boulder rolling. But at the same time, I, uh, I don't know if that's an enjoyable experience for you, but it's been this way for 11 fucking years. What the fuck? Who am I kidding? <laughs> Except I used to have a producer here who would uh, fairly enjoy what I was talking about. And then she would go ahead and do all the chop chop on the fucking show. Uh, but, it, the, but the weird thing is, like I said, now, as I wind up talking to you guys, like my, my nose is starting to get full up and, uh, and I don't even know, like, I yeah. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't be commenting in the moment about uh, this sort of stuff because you're probably noticing it anyway. And now I'm just going to make you notice it even more. Hey, Mike's sniffling a lot during the goddamn show. Um, and I don't mean to be that person. I certainly don't want to go ahead and draw any sort of attention to a flaw. Uh, we call that a draw flaw. Nobody wants to do, do a draw flaw and uh, and get you guys thinking about, you know, what? And maybe, you know what? Maybe we do this. 
as you do with any other flaw in any other production, let's make it a drinking game. How about that? Why don't you guys go ahead and just fucking bust out a bottle of old granddad or whatever the fuck and uh, an old panther. Go ahead and have some of that, some of that fucking uh, sarsaparilla, whatever you guys are quaffing down. And every time I sniffle, every time you hear me fucking have to sniffle so my nose doesn't run all over this fucking microphone, take a shot. And, uh, and we'll see just how, how fucking loaded you are by the time the show ends. Which means I should probably, yeah, I should actually uh, curb the shows a little bit. I don't want to kill anybody out there. Jesus fucking Christ. Now that I think about it, this show usually goes like an hour and a half, two hours. So I should probably fucking go ahead and throttle that down because otherwise people are going to fucking die. People are knocking themselves down, <laughs> drinking rubbing alcohol every time I fucking sniffle. That's going to be bad news and I'm going to lose my audience. I can't afford to lose you guys. I've already lost a bunch of you by putting out the show fucking 12 hours late on a goddamn Saturday or a Thursday, Saturday. What the fuck? Why did my brain tell me that? See, this is what happens again when you're just talking, you're not thinking that's what fucking happens. Sometimes Saturday leaps into your brain, especially Saturday in the park. And every day is the 4th of July. Uh, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care quite frankly about time? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to color your world with all sorts of Chicago lyrics. How about we do that? Uh, all of my world. Uh, which one? That's guy. As time roll on. That's uh, Robert Lamb, right? Isn't, that he the, isn't he the deep voice guy? Uh, I don't know. This is only the beginning of my Chicago exploration. All right. So, oh, Jesus Christ, stop. That's what this show needs is a fucking horn section. You talk about me sniffling and making you fucking upset. What if I had a fucking timpani and a fucking brass band going in and kicking it in? That'd be, see, that's fun. If I had a, it's like Todd does that when Todd does his show and he's got that fucking band he can just throw it to. That's fuck. That's a brilliant idea. I need a goddamn band. I need a one man band. Uh, Max is too far away for him, for me to go ahead and point at him and have him fucking play a clarinet. But maybe he does. Maybe he busts out a fucking clarinet. That'd be fucking sweet. I need a clarinetist. I need a flautist here. I need flautists here. Oh, dude, I would choke down some Mexican food right now. I'm so hungry. But as I've mentioned before, low carbs can't have the flautas. Uh, unless they're wrapped in cabbage leaves, deep fried cabbage leaves. You want to deep fry some cabbage for me? Because you can't deep fry a tortilla and have me choke it down. Because again, low carbs, friends. And I'm wondering if that's what's contributing to the, the nose thing. Even though, look, I've only been doing it for like three days. So I can't even say I got the keto flu or whatever the fuck. Because I've been hearing about that. Everybody's like, you're going to get the keto flu, dude. You're going to get fucking waylaid. You're going to be laid out. It's going to be terrible. Your whole body's going to be in ketosis. And, uh... And I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to have a supervillain. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want to have a nemesis because that's what it sounds like, right? Uh, beware! Ketosis! <laughs> that's the same guy at the cabin up in the fucking woods. Oh, Jason, be careful of ketosis. <laughs> Look at me, folks. You know, this whole show should this should function as my uh, my voiceover reel, shouldn't it? Should I just send this out to fucking people? Listen to me do scary guy at the fucking cabin. And listen to me, Ketosis Jones. How about him? Uh, oh, my God. Ketosis Jones would be terrible. He puts his hands on you. You get the flu instantly. Uh, he's a good villain. Ketosis Jones actually sounds like, you know what? He was in the ABA. He played for the St. Louis Spirits of the ABA. I don't know if you know this. Uh, he, they battled the Kentucky Colonels in the final in 1974. Dan Issel dunked on Ketosis Jones. Uh, let's talk about the ABA. What do you say? We reminisce about the red, white, and ba blue basketball. What do you say? Dr. J at the New Jersey Nets. Oh, it's perfect. Artist Gilmore. Out there, he was a Kentucky Colonel. Um, 
Okay, nobody cares. Uh, what if I did? What if I just did that? What if the rest of the show was just a tribute to the ABA, Marvin Barnes and the Spirits of St. Louis, and I just fucking did that for you? Like Bob Costas, some fucking retrospective about some shit that I grew up with that you have no idea what the fuck it was. Oh, I'll tell you what. You remember when 1974, when the Oakland A's won the World Series? No, none of us do. Not a, not, not, not a single one of us. You were seven years old. You shouldn't even remember that for fuck's sake. You should be still thinking about Grover and whatever the fuck. Um, but too bad, man. I was buried in those Oakland A's and those uniforms, that green and gold. Even as a child, it appealed to me. And that's what led me to the siren song of the Oakland A's. I loved them. I loved I loved the Golden State Warriors. Look, Oakland was, I, I figured, uh, Chicago and Oakland were like my favorite cities, even as a child. And then, of course, I found out about Mike Schmidt with the Phillies in 1975. And I'm like, hold on, I'm a Phillies fan. Um, but I still love the uniforms of the Oakland A's. Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm going to share this secret for you. I don't know if I've even told you guys this. I have to tell you this. I don't know if I've even shared this on a show. You know, in, uh, in the NFL, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. And the Chicago Bears' greatest rival is supposed to be the Green Bay Packers, right? And, uh, you know, it's I've, I've been at loggerheads with the Packers over the past few years, and I had some fun with that rivalry over the past 10 years or so, going to a few of the games and having a good time um, when they won, when the Bears won a couple of the games that I was in attendance at. However, there were other games where they were down like 40 to nothing at the half, which was fucking bananas and terrible. And there were drunk people at Lambeau Field, and you guys know all that. Go ahead and listen to year fucking 9 and 10 and, and, and fucking 7. Um... But I did have fun at those games. And I, but I will also tell you this. Here's a secret. I'm, I, know, I know I'm supposed to hate the Green Bay Packers. The hated Green Bay Packers. Uh, I, there are several teams in the NFL I hate more than the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, I, I can't. I love the Packers uniforms. I just think they're so clean and perfect. Even as a kid, when I saw the green jersey, I was just like, this is fucking beautiful. Even the white, the, the road whites. Because the helmet with the road white, it's just a clean look. I like any clean. And also I like funky looks too. Like the bears this year are having these weird throwbacks with a bunch of stripes and goddamn, do I love them? I think they are just fucking badass looking crazy stripey socks and stripey helmet. Ah, I'm, I'm all for it. Wear stripey bullshit. Just do that. Just do something fucking bananas. You know what I really want? I want the bears to do a throwback to the fucking 1960s jerseys where it was just a white C with white numbers on the Jersey. God, now that to me, that is a seriously clean look. That looks fucking awesome. So eventually, maybe they'll throw back to those the Gale series, the Gale Sayers uh, C's, the, the white, just the white C without the orange trim or whatever the fuck. Um, well, actually, it's an orange. Now it's an orange C, right? With uh, with uh, white trim or blue trim. I can't. I'm, uh, ignore me. I'm having a breakdown. Uh, but but I couldn't hate the Packers because I love their uniforms. They're just green. It's like when I was a kid, I loved. I decided Oakland was all my second favorite teams, so I loved the Oakland A's. I loved the the uh, Oakland Raiders. I loved the Raiders. I loved the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I had I had the refrigerator magnet. I loved it. Oh my god! I isn't it weird how when you're a kid, like I said, from Roots, I can still see the scenes in Roots in my head as they. I can still hear Lavar Burton's voice say, "My name is Toby." It was so fucking brutal, man. Um, and I can still hear the sound when Leslie Uggam spit into Sandy Duncan's cup. I get it's just isn't it strange how your your mind works, and. Uh, and I can still see when I was a child, like I, I, I'm so excited for Spider-Man because I love Mysterio because one of the first comic books I ever had was Spider-Man versus Mysterio. And that was it. He was green. I loved him, he, even though he was the bad guy and I loved Spider-Man. I mean, I didn't know that concepts when I was a kid. I was just like, oh, there's Mysterio. He's in green. I love him too. Because you're a little kid. You don't know. You just see a fucking cool ass outfit. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm on board. And now the fucking Mysterio is finally being used. I'm so fucking excited. I cannot wait to see that movie at midnight, July 1st. Uh, yes, I have tickets already. And by tickets, I mean ticket because I'm going by myself because I sent I sent an email out to everybody. Hey, anybody else want to go to a midnight movie? <laughs> and everybody else is like, we're old and have children. And I'm like, God damn it. 
And I don't mind going by myself. I mean, if anybody else was here in LA, if you guys want to come to town, you can go with me or something like that. I don't know why I'm throwing out this invite. The tickets have already been on sale. You can't go with me. You know what? You're out. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. You would try to stand up and go to this movie with me. I'm telling you right now to stand down. I'm going by myself, damn it. And I'm going to, I'm just going to giggle at Mysterio the whole time. Wee <laughs> Mysterio. I love him. Um, What's funny is one of my earliest photographs, uh, my, well, not my early, I didn't take it. Somebody took it of me, but there's a picture of me. It's gotta be like five-year-old me, I, I guess on a fucking couch. And I have that Spider-Man Mysterio comic book. Cause I, I kept it forever. Like I wouldn't let it go. I just loved it so much. Cause then the cow uh, Mysterio on the cover. Uh, and there's the fucking dome helmet. He just looked cool as shit. Loved it. Love green. I was always drawn to green, but I also can see when I was a child, I had, uh, I, I, <laughs> This is so weird. I had a um, Golden State Warriors refrigerator magnet, and it was the it's the shape of the 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 state of California, but it says Golden State Warriors and it has the jersey number on a basketball. Those old uniforms, like there's a reason why the Warriors lost this year. Fuck injuries and everything. It's because they bastardized the uniforms to put the town on there instead of the city, and then they they wore these like newfangled uniforms too many times. You know what, dude? If you're going to wear a throwback, wear those gold throwbacks to fucking 1975. Those uniforms, because also those road uniforms in 75, the dark versions, it was like, it was like a, I don't know, it was like a gray with blue or even like a, a charcoal with blue. I don't even fucking know, dude. It was, it might've been just dark blue with yellow. But again, because again, all the f- photographs from, from back then, you have no fucking idea. You just see Rick Barry throwing up granny free throws. You're like, I guess that's a black uniform, maybe. I don't know. It's like the Bears. The Bears jerseys now are very blue, but it's in the 80s. They look very black when they were on the field. You know what I mean? It's just this. And and look, I'm not colorblind, but at the same time, I'm like, well, did they did they bring the blue back in a way? Did they really reinforce the blue? I don't know. I, what do I know about fucking uniforms? That's Paul Lucas's opportunity to fucking tell you about that kind of thing. That's his department, not mine. Um, but I loved it. You know, and so I couldn't hate the pa- I couldn't hate the Packers because I loved the green uh, uniform. It was fucking badass. Uh, now I hate the Lions. Certainly, nobody likes the Lions. I'll, even though I like the Honolulu blue uniform, I still hate the fucking Lions because of Wayne Fonts. Not a fan. Don't care. Don't like him. Hate the Broncos. Don't like the orange. Don't like Rob Lytle. Don't like the fact that they kept the Raiders out of the Super Bowl in 1977 and what would have been the greatest Super Bowl ever fucking played. Uh, have I told that story on here before? I'm sure I have. That's one of my go-to fucking gripes. I'm a sad person, folks. I worry about things that could have happened when I was 10. I'm like, oh, this would have been fucking awesome. Instead, I had to watch Norris Weiss in a Super Bowl. What the fuck, man? How dare you? Fucking orange crush defense ruining everything. Referees, Rob Lytle, fumble, Jack Tatum. What the fuck? All right. Uh, what were we talking about? Something good. Something tells me I was into something good, but I don't know what that would be. Oh, man. Old references. It's funny. Our buddy Murph, who's a, a, a listener to the show and a fine guy, he... um. He he's in the discord. If you don't know this, there's a discord. If you don't know what discord is, it's like a chat room for fans of this show or fans of the Twitch, whatever the fuck. Someone told me I should invent a discord. I didn't want, I didn't invent discord. I should create a discord for people who listen to this show. So if you're interested in the discord, let me know. And I'll, we'll, we'll put up the, the thing on the fan club page, whatever the fuck you can get in there and talk to everybody. But, uh, but Murph is in there. And every time he makes a joke, it's always some joke from the eighties or the seventies, some reference. And I, I bust his balls on it. Cause I'm like, you know, you, you really, you and I are the only ones who know what this is, man. I mean, we, we, nobody else has any fucking clue what you're talking about when you write this. Um, and then I realized I'm like, every time I do it, I'm like, why, why are you busting his balls? Leave him the fuck alone. He wants to aim. Cause I, I do the same goddamn thing on this show. I make stupid fucking references all the fucking time. I make references. I just did fucking a run of Chicago lyrics. That's going to make everybody throw their iPod into the sea. Nobody wants to fucking listen to this. And yet here I am still continuing to talk. 
uh, Edric busting Murph's balls for making some reference to the Partridge family. Because I will tell you this, that makes me laugh. Like, I watch, I've been doing this thing with Pat on his Patreon for Eddie Money's show, the reality show called Real Money or whatever the fuck. And in the opening credits, Eddie Money's just, he's like, uh, you know, three of my kids are in the band. And it's like, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, we're like uh, the dysfunctional Partridge family. And in my brain, I'm like, you know, nobody in the world knows who the Partridge family is anymore, right? Several of them are dead. I think Susan Day is dead. Didn't she have breast cancer and die? Or at least I hope she, I, look, I'm not rooting for that. I hope she's alive. I hope she beat cancer and she's still with us. But I think we lost Susan Day. I think we lost any number of Chris's. I think we lost Tracy. I think, I know Danny Bonaduce's still around. I work with that guy hand in fucking hand. I know that guy's, for some reason, he outlived the rest of them. Shirley Jones is gone. Uh, we've lost all of them. Ruben Kincaid is, has left this earth. The entire Partridge family is dead. Yet Eddie Money uses it as a go-to reference to describe his family. And everybody's like, so, uh... Yeah, your family's like a bunch of dead guys. Like, I mean, I, nobody has any fucking clue what that is. I hate, it's my pet peeve when I hear anybody make some reference because you have to stay, uh, and look, I don't want to say hip. You got to stay at least current. You know what I mean? And, and, and uh, again, spoken like a guy who just did 47 fucking Chicago lyrics and told you how much he loves a, a, a refrigerator magnet from 1975. I get that. I'm a fool. I mentioned Rick Barry. Jesus fuck. But at the same fucking time, I, I still like I still have a, my finger a little bit somewhere near the pulse of what's going on today. I mean, I look, I can be on fleek, you crazy kids. I can talk about Amigos if that's what you want me to do. Damn it. Uh, I can talk about the keto flu. That's a new thing, right? And nobody got that in the old days. That's what I always hear now, too, is everybody's like uh, everybody talks about injuries in baseball when pitchers are like, oh, I can't. Uh, I got dead arm. And everybody's like Nolan Ryan threw 275 pitches in a no hitter. And then two days later threw a fucking relief inning and got a save. Leave it there. You know, you guys, your bodies are breaking down. But my favorite thing is Nolan Ryan's always the guy they go to. There's a reason Nolan Ryan's in the Hall of Fame. There's a reason you're still talking about him 75 years later. Because that fucking guy was a weird alien animal who could do things that nobody else could fucking do. You want to impress me? Bring up like Larry Christensen or somebody like that. Somebody who had a fucking journeyman career and it might have thrown 120 pitches. But don't bring up Nolan Ryan as a fucking talking point for you pitchers today. Nobody's like Nolan Ryan. Yeah, you're not. Because Nolan Ryan pitched till he was fucking 58 years old, still striking dudes out. He was a fucking machine. When he was like 70, he got into a fight with Robin Ventura on the mound, grabbed him in a headlock and fucking kept punching him in the fucking head with his pitching hand. Oh, no, wait, no. I think he was throwing lefts. Was he throwing lefts? You know, actually, I watched it in a mirror. He could have been throwing rights. Who the fuck knows? Regardless, Nolan Ryan got in the mound charged by fucking Robin Ventura's 80 years younger than him. And he comes charging out to the mound and fucking Nolan Ryan just clamps in a fucking headlock and starts wailing on his head. Now, and, uh, my favorite thing is everybody's like, oh, Robin Ventura got his ass beat. This is the thing I hate is when everybody talks about like one guy lands one punch and somebody got their ass beat. Not really. I mean, Robin Ventura wasn't really going out there to fight. He was kind of going out there to show his displeasure with getting thrown at by Nolan Ryan, a 105 year old man with a 105 year old fastball. Uh, 105 mile an hour fastball, I should say. And you know what? Fuck that. It was a 105 year old fastball because he's 105. So he's throwing a fucking 105 mile an hour fastball because fucking Nolan Ryan was an alien. He came from space. He was, you know, literally Nolan Ryan killed the first boar for Uganog. He killed it, let it lay there. And Uganog are like, all right, we'll take it from here, Nolan. And he went off and then he struck out 15 cavemen in a goddamn softball game. Jesus, fuck. Uh, that dude was throwing 100 miles an hour BC. That's that's who he is. You can't compare these fucking new kids to him because nobody fucking knows what to do. You can't compare anybody to him. He's a fucking alien. Uh, folks, I'm sorry. I got the keto flu. I got to slow down. I mean, I'm, I'm all fucked up from keto. Again, I'm not doing keto. I'm doing whatever the fuck, man. I just, uh, I, I, the last three days I went shopping. I actually went to the fucking grocery store. Can you believe that? That's right. 
45-year-old man, uh, why did I just take seven years off my age? 52-year-old man who went fucking shopping, uh, six years, 51. I won't be 52 for a month. I'm going to cling to that last month. I don't give a fuck. I'm old. I'm the oldest man alive. I just, and again, getting older every goddamn day. And, uh, and aren't we all every minute, every second? I guess I'm not really saying anything there. We're all getting older every minute and every fucking second, but Jesus fuck. But then when you're trying to you change behaviors that have lasted an entire life and shift into a, a new I don't know, paradigm, make, make your life happen in a better way. Whatever the fuck, quit trying to improve yourselves, folks. I'm here to tell you it's over. If you're 51, that's who you are. You can't get any better. You're not you're, you, Your wheels are stuck in the mud, man. Uh, bullshit. No, I'm trying to grab the reins and make it all fucking work. Case in point, like I said, I need a producer for this show. And yet here I am trying not to sniffle into the microphone. So you guys have a great show. If I, if I had a producer, they'd be hitting me on the knuckles with a fucking ruler. Cause apparently I'm going to hire a fucking nun to go ahead and do it. I guess, um, fuck, I don't, I don't even, my, I, my literally had a, I'm sorry. My brain went blank there for one second. Like it was, you know what I felt like? Uh, I felt like a robot shutting down just then my, I, cause normally, as I said, I'm, I'm talking without thinking. So things are just flying, but I literally opened my mouth like, and, and nothing came out there for a second. Jesus. Oh, that might be a sign. Might be a sign here. Um, I went shopping folks. I went to two different grocery stores and I'll tell you this. I'm not, uh, I'm not making recipes just yet. All right. I haven't, I haven't moved into recipes, but I'm, I'm just going to make meat with friends. That's all. That's all I'm making the rest right now in the beginning. I'm just making meat with friends because I can't bring myself to go. Well, you know, here's the thing. I don't have the chef's head. I'm not Og or whatever the fuck. I can't, I can't invent a force meat. I've just, I've got to go. I got to throw something into a skillet and then eat it with a couple of friends. Like, uh, uh, so the other, I went shopping the other day and rather than, like I said, I have a keto book that our, our, our a listener of the show, uh, the, the lovely Anne sent me for Christmas and people have sent me recipes. People have said, here's this and do this. Our friend Tresha is helping me out a lot with, with keto ideas. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what, to, what to do, you know? And, and, and rather than make a whole fucking ragu, cause it's the thing I talked about the instant pot. Like I said, I made Kahlua pork in the instant pot. I'm like, all right, man, this is going to be fucking awesome. Well, the thing is I got to make everything I make in the instant pot is for a family of four. So I want to be eating this shit for eight days. And that's, uh, that's just a lot of fucking pork in a row. A lot of the same flavor pork in a row. You know what I mean? Like, because I can't, you can't in keto again, I'm, I'm not fucking Roy Choi. I'm not able to make a goddamn extravaganza. You know, I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can just by fucking making the effort to cook something and make myself stay alive. So sure enough, I get the, uh, I get the Kahlua pork made and I'm like, yeah, delicious. And I ate it the first day and it was fucking awesome. It was so good. And then the second day, God damn, it was so good. I should tell you this. I split it in half. I froze half and I put half in the fridge and then I ate it the second day and it was really good. And I ate it with some eggs on the third day and it was delicious. And I made some eggs and bacon with it on the fourth day and it was really good. And then I was just like, God damn, what am I doing? I'm eating a lot of goddamn pork, but there was nothing else in the house. Cause, and then people are suggesting to me, they're like, you know what you should do? You should make a few things, man. So then like one day you have pork and then one day you have uh, fish and then one day you, I'm like, well, I don't. I don't eat often enough for that, man. Like yesterday, I, like I said, in this whole, and I know my trainer's going to fucking yell at me when I tell him this, but I mean, it's just, I don't want, I don't eat three meals a fucking day. I don't wake up and eat. I can't. I just, I'm not, whether it's an effort thing or a hunger thing, I, I wake up and I'm not like, God, I'm starving. I know you're supposed to break fast breakfast. That's the whole fucking deal. You're breaking the fast of the evening. But when you wake up in the fucking morning, the last thing you want to do is go, all right, I got to scratch my balls and make some fucking eggs. I mean, it just, I'm not, this isn't 1941. It just doesn't seem like that's the thing to goddamn do. Uh, but I guess I'm supposed to, 
all right, so I'm supposed to get up and make some eggs in the first thing in the morning. And before the gym, like uh, John is telling me I should eat before I go work out. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Do you want me to just fucking blow chow into the fucking uh, the, the garbage can here? Because that's not going to fucking be good because I work out pretty fucking hard. And I've I worked out one. I, I actually I'm in decent. No, I'm not even de- in decent shape. I'm in shape enough to where I'm not going to throw up if I work out. But at the same time, if I go in there with a fucking belly full of goddamn eggs and bacon and protein, and then I go to fucking lift because I don't want that. You know what I want to eat? I want to eat fruit and yogurt. And he's like, dude, you can't eat that stuff. And I'm like, it's light. It's good. And he's like, no, it's bad. It's got carbs and shit and sugar. And, uh, and so this, it's this constant thing of like the keto thing is all, it's all protein and, and, and stuff like that. Except there's some stuff I can eat. Like I bought, here's what I did when I went shopping the other day. Fuck. I bought, uh, I bought tomatoes. I bought avocados. I bought blueberries and then I bought fucking meat. That's what I bought to have as, as oh, and I bought cauliflower. I bought like cauliflower, riced cauliflower. So, uh, so a couple of days ago, I, I cooked, I said, all right, well, fuck this. I'm going to go, I'm going to start cooking and not eating out I mean, and trying to eat less, you know, no carbs, whatever the fuck. So the other day, uh, cause here, all right. So I say I bought meat, I bought steaks, multiple steaks. I bought like three steaks and then I bought four pork chops and then I bought, uh, I was going to buy something different because I, I went, here's what I did. God damn folks. I am so old. I'm such a fucking grandfather. I, I literally got the sale papers like for the grocery stores to see what they had on sale. So I could go to different stores and I went to two different stores to buy things because there were certain things that were on sale. Like there was t- like cans of tuna were on sale at a different store and not at the other. And I'm like, what a, what a thrifty dick you are. You, what a fucking coupon clipping cock. <laughs> what the fuck, man? 51 years. It's like. I mean, I, I've never been coupon averse. One of the things I used to love to do is get the Sunday papers and Karen and I would go through and we'd clip coupons and we would, then we'd go shopping and we, I looked at it as a fucking challenge. It was like a video game. And then one day I went to Chicago and I was with Max and we went out to the fucking grocery store and, uh, and they have that fucking, you know, the, the, the thing they scan to say you're part of the club and you can save nine cents on a can of whatever the fuck. And so we got all these groceries and shit and I bought a bunch of stuff specifically because it, it just like the propel was on sale and all this stuff. Cause I was going to be at his house for a few days and I bought all this stuff and we get there and I'm like, Hey, do you have your card? And he's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I go, let's just put in your phone number, dude. And he's like, I don't fucking, I don't do that. I'm like, dude, put in your phone number. You save like fucking four bucks. He's like, I don't need to save fucking four bucks. And, uh, and, and I will tell you, I had two different reactions to that. One of me was like, I was, I admired it because I was like, you know what? That's what a man does. A man doesn't need to save four bucks on fucking groceries. Good for him. Fuck him. He doesn't need to have that fucking card. And then the other part of me was like, Save four bucks on the fucking groceries. What the fuck is the big deal? You're punching a phone number. Don't pretend like you're above everybody else in the goddamn world. But again, to him, maybe he is. That shit doesn't mean anything to him. And the good for him. But for me, unfortunately, uh, because I don't own a house, uh, four bucks is four bucks. And also I had specifically, because I I look at shopping, because Max is just filling his cart with shit he needs. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get all the stuff that I need, but I I, I buy the best name brands, but I also try to look. I go, hey, well, you know, if the fucking, if the small Hellman's is is better than the big Hellman's, then I'll get a small Hellman's because I'm only going to be here for a couple of days. Like, oh, it's just fucking shopping to me is a fun exercise in, in brain work where you're like, all right, this works, but then this doesn't work, but then this goes with this and I shouldn't do this. Uh, and, and that's what, but then at the same time, then I find myself embarrassed when I'm with Max. He's like, fuck that. I don't need coupons. And then I'm like, I guess a man doesn't need coupons. I'm like, wait a minute. Does a man need coupons or not need coupons? I still got to save four bucks whether I'm a fucking man or not. Whatever the fuck. So I, I sat down and I had two fucking stores and I listed everything that I needed to get at the two, this two, because again, tuna 
was 10 for 10 bucks at one store, whereas at the other store it wasn't on sale. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll get 10 cans of tuna. But then get this. I, I outthought it. I outsmarted myself. I get there, and it's the regular fucking tuna in oil. Ugh, nobody wants that shit. I want fucking solid white chunk albacore tuna in water. Well, that was also on sale. It was a buck seventy nine instead of two twenty nine, so I still wound up saving fifty cents. But it wasn't ten for ten bucks, so I didn't buy ten cans. I just bought five cans. Uh, that's what you do. You 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 adjust your fucking goals. And <laughs> somebody, please come and kill me. Honestly, I remember one time when after Karen left, I was learning. I wasn't learning, but I mean, I, look, I've I've been alone before, and I know you know you got to pay your cable bill and you got to do all this shit. And I stay ahead of that stuff. But I remember one day I was like, I put it on, I even put it on Twitter, I think, or whatever the fuck. And I was just like, hey, I just, uh, I just did two loads of laundry and then I just paid my health insurance and I'm off to Target now to go and buy hangers. Could somebody come over here with Madden and a pizza before I wind up just aging out and dying a husk? Whatever the fuck I wrote. And, uh, and I feel like that sometimes as we all feel like that because there's still in me. The dude who wants to sit with Mex and just write a bunch of fucking decrees and make a bunch of UFC fighters come out and fight or play Sega and, and put the brown eyes softball team in there and just fucking design their jerseys with David in the middle of the fucking night. That's totally fun. Uh, but then there's there's you got to you got to be real life. You got to go to two stores and you got to shop. Oh, you got to fucking shop and you got to buy the things that you need. And uh, it's just a fucking mess, dude. It's so. I know it's growing up and I know there's a child inside of me who doesn't want to grow up. But then there's the man inside of me who's like, step aside, son. I've got to go ahead and buy some fucking shit that makes sense. And, uh, and I want to go to Ikea and buy something and build it, but I don't really want to. I mean, I let's put it this way. I don't want to do that. Like I, I'm still taking showers with this fucking shower head. And, and I, I'm, I'm so f- this fucking shower head, dude. I like, I, if I was, if I was a fucking man, I would just rip this thing out of the fucking wall and not even think twice. I'm still trying to be good because they went ahead and they changed it. And I'm trying to be a good tenant and whatever the fuck, but it's added like five or six minutes to my showers because it is just dudes. It, you know what it is? It's like a fucking, it's like whatever the fuck you, you ever see those statues that just fucking piss, you know, those fucking statues. Like it's like a angel boy baby. And he's just fucking holding his tiny dick and he's shooting a stream in the air. And everybody's like, Oh, how cute. Look at this fucking dude. What's a uh, fucking cherub, a cherub. That's what it is. A fucking cherub statue. Just like fucking launching a tiny piss stream in the air. That's what I shower with now. I just got like an angel boy baby just pissing in my face. That's my fucking shower now because it is so fucking weak. The stream is so weak. It is just, I, I think my shower head has prostate cancer. That's the, because it has the weakest stream I've ever seen. I'm just looking up and it's just pissing in my face and I fucking can't stand it. It's, you know what, you know what it seems like to me? I swear to God. And I, maybe this is me and I'm sure it's not you. Nobody thinks like this. Uh, like I said, I'm sure although you probably don't think of a baby pissing in your face as your shower as well, but also at the same fucking time, you know what it's like? And I, I swear this went through my head the other day. I'm in the shower and I, you know, I shave in the shower too. And, that, and one, I have a mirror in the shower to shave with and stuff. It's just a fucking, I, I love it. It's a great setup because again, hot, steamy shower. You fill the fucking shower, uh, the mirror with water so it doesn't steam up. You shave in the shower. It's fucking beautiful. But with this new fucking stream, it just doesn't generate enough fucking steam or enough heat. So I wind up having to fucking throw water in the mirror all the time to clean the steam off so I can shave. And it's just a fucking, it's just a ridiculous mess. And I... I, so I'm, I've got shaving cream on my face. I've got shampoo in my hair. I got a razor in my hand. And this just this, this weak piss stream on the back of my neck, no steam at all. I used to set the fire alarm off in my fucking house. My smoke alarm, my smoke alarm used to go up because of how steamy it got from fucking showers. It was goddamn great. Now I've added six minutes to my showers with no pleasure. 
I mean, you know, if you told me with my old shower head, hey, man, you need to take six minutes longer showers, I'd be like, fucking fantastic. I'll stay in here till I prune the fuck up. You'll have to drag me out of here looking like a goddamn fucking uh, uh, sponge. I'll be all fucking ground up, spongy and pruny and whatever the fuck. That's fine. But this shower, I, I bet I could take a fucking hour shower and not prune up. It's just it's just so the flow is so fucking weak. If they, I wish this shower head had an asshole so I could stick my finger up it and touch the prostate and get it to shoot harder on me or what the fuck. Is that how it works? I don't know how I, I didn't I didn't take a health class or I, actually I did. I took it in Texas, but fuck man, I was in the shower with shaving cream on my face and I got shampoo in my hair and, and uh, I'm, I'm constantly throwing water in the mirror so I can shave. And the thought I had, cause I told you, I thought about like an angel boy, baby, whatever the fuck spitting on me or pissing on me. But I, I, I thought you ever see any movie where guys go to prison, like say bad boys where Sean Penn is being brought in and uh, all of the guys in gen pop come to their cell doors and they're yelling and they're throwing toilet paper. Like, uh, when fucking uh, Turner and Hooch, when they fucking went to prison, remember that? Oh no, Tango and Cash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Turner and Hooch, that's a dog, right? Yeah, Tango and Cash is Kurt Russell and, and uh, Stallone when you get to see their asses in the shower. Yeah, that's that one. Um, but they're, they're, they're cops and they get thrown into gen pop and they're walking to their cell and everybody's throwing shit at them and, and all this garbage is raining down stuff on fire. And they, they, you know, the whole point is they look at each other and they're like, well, I, you know, nice day for a, a stroll, isn't it? Like they, they try to be smart asses while it's happening. Uh, but I picture like if that's really happening, that all those prisoners are also spitting on them. And I had the thought when I was in the shower, I go, this, this, this weak fucking stream, this is. This is the equivalent of walking in through Gen Pop and having everybody spit on you from the from the higher levels above through their cell doors. It is just it is a prison spitting shower. It is a baby pissing shower, and it is not something that I enjoy at all. And if I was a goddamn man, I would change the fucking thing. But I'm trying to be a good tenant. I'm trying to be a good person and trying to do the what I can to fucking. But I eventually I'm just going to. And I'm sure here's the thing, you know, me, I don't ever just do something rationally where I'm just like, well, all right, you know what? Let's just go ahead and change it to that. In the, no, in the middle of it, one day I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the fucking shower. And then I'm just, I'm just going to start hitting it with a hammer. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking bring a hammer into the shower. You know what? Like a crab leg. It's going to be like a fucking showery crab leg. And I'm just going to bang the fuck out of it with a goddamn hammer until it falls off. And everybody's going to be like, dude, you know, you could have just unscrewed this, right? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It needs to be punished. This motherfucking thing needs to be smashed into the goddamn oblivion. I need dents and I need fucking smashes right the fuck now, baby. Uh, <laughs> ah, fuck. What the hell? So that's who I am. That's who I am. I'm a guy who's going to, I'm going to lose my temper and I'm going to fuck. Cause again, a man would just change it. A fucking angry child that smashed the shit out of it with a hammer for no good fucking reason at all. But just because it needs to know it's, you know what, who I am? I'm the fucking Oog. That's who I am. I'm Oog the caveman of my own shower. He wanted to punish that pig. I want to punish that fucking shower. Don't piss on me. Don't spit on me, motherfucker. God damn it. It's not my fault. You got an enlarged prostate shower and I'm just going to smash the shit out with a fucking hammer. If you see me in the shower and I'm holding a hammer, you know, nothing good is about to happen. Actually, you know, I go the other way. Something great is about to happen. I'm about to liberate myself from fucking baby piss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck. So I'm trying with this ketosis thing. I'm trying with this fuck. I'm trying to be a grown up. I'm trying to buy things and shop and do the right thing. And I bought, so I bought lamb chops. I said, I bought pork chops and steak. I also bought a lamb chop. 
Now, I bought a lamb loin chop and I was looking around and I didn't see them, but then they were in the butcher's case. So I'm like, all right, I'll take one of those. And this fucking thing looked like a doorstop. I mean, it was just a fucking round and it looked like half of it was bone, but it had some lamb attached to it. And I'm like, I was going to get two of them. And I'm like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just buy, I'll buy one and I'll figure out how to cook it because that's what I want to do. I want to be, I want to become a chef, not a chef, but I want to be somebody who can make shit. And I've done this before. I told you I've cooked. When I was in my last relationship, I would, I would, I used a fucking slow cooker, but I would make carnitas in the slow cooker or tortilla soup. And I made really good stuff. It was fucking great. And I, I just, there's something Zen about following a recipe and making shit work. It's fucking, it's, it's really fun. And I love doing it. I, but also hear me out. And this is the, this is the root of all of my problems. Um, I want to do it for somebody. I don't want to do anything for me. And believe me, I talk to Shannon about it all the time. It's like, I fuck Mike. Why? Who cares? Why do, why do I, why do I not care about myself or doing good things for myself? Why do I want to dote on somebody else and take care of them? Why is that more important to me than caring for myself? So I'm trying to do the shift and whatever the fuck, you know, that we talk about it all the goddamn time. So cooking for myself, I'm like, all right, well, uh, I'll start making some chops. That's, that's, a, you know, cause like I said, if I make a recipe, I got fucking eight days worth of fucking pork, eight days of pork to choke down eight days of pork. It's not enough to throw away. All right. Um, so I'm making, I don't want to make eight days of fucking pork. So I'm like, if I make a pork chop, I can eat that. And guess what? There's no leftovers. That's the whole point. I don't want any of any fucking leftovers. So I, uh, I bought this lamb chop and I'm like, all right, so I Google away to how to cook it. And look, we all know there's garlic and rosemary. We know what goes well with fucking lamb. Um, mint goes well with lamb. Rosemary goes well with lamb, all this shit, but I didn't want any mint and I didn't buy any fresh herbs. Cause again, I'm just throwing the fucking thing in a skillet and I'm going to make it work. So, uh, I find a, a recipe. Martha Stewart's got a lamb loin chop recipe and she's like, all right, here's how you cook them. You put them in the fucking skillet. You heat up your skillet. Uh, you throw a little oil in there and then you uh, season your pork chop, however you want to fucking or lo- lamb chop. And then you put it in. And you put four minutes on one side, four minutes on the other side and it's done. And I'm like, all right, well, that sounds easy enough. So the other day I fucking finished Twitch streaming and I threw on the fucking cast iron skillet, heated it up, uh, got a bowl out threw my lamb chop in there. I threw some fucking, I threw some olive oil on it. And then I threw some salt and some pepper, some rosemary on it. I spun it around. So it was all kind of coated. And then I put it in the skillet, put it down, set the timer four minutes and uh, four minutes was up. I flipped it over, put it on for another four minutes. I'm like, all right, that's eight minutes supposed to be done. And I looked at it and, uh, it was not done. I could tell by my eyes. And like I said, I've worked in a kitchen. I'm not captain chef, but at the same fucking time I could look at it and realize it was not done. So what I did then was I've cooked the side because there was a big uh, it was fat, you know, all around the side of it. So I flipped it over on its side and you know how you like, uh, you can cook the flat surface and then the flat surface, but then I've cooked like the wheel. You know what I mean? You know, you turn a lamb chop over and it's kind of like a wheel. Uh, it's a lamb, like a wheel feels like it's got to roll. So I've got it flipped over. And I cooked the fat side and then I rolled it a little, I rolled it over and I, I cooked that for four minutes. And then I cooked the other side for four minutes, like the, the, the diagonal side. And then to me, it looked like it's, it still didn't look, you know, like the fat hadn't rendered. So I'm like, all right, so you know what? I went three minutes on one side and then three minutes on another. So it wound up taking me probably 15 minutes to cook this lamb chop in the skillet. And also I, I'm still learning the cast iron skillet because everybody's like, you know, you can't go high heat because it really heats up the entire fucking pan. But also if you just go medium heat, the whole pan has a nice heat to it. Um, so, and also Martha was like, Hey man, you got to use me- medium heat. 
And I, by the way, I should tell you this. I'm not a Martha Stewart guy. Like she's fucking ruined, chopped by being on there because she shows up to be a judge and everybody defers to her. And I'm like, don't fucking defer to Martha Stewart just because you got you she's fucking made puff pastry for her whole life. I mean, Jesus Christ, you guys are fucking world-class chefs who've opened amazing restaurants. I understand she's only on the show because then they will all defer to her because she's not going to sit there and try to be an equal. She's like, cause it's literally like, Hey, here's uh Mark Murphy and Alex Gornichelli. And then, oh my God, Martha Stewart. It's like, ah, fuck, quit doing that, man. Gornichelli's a fucking badass. I might not like her on camera, but she's a really good chef. Mark Murphy's a fucking a, a, a qualified restaurateur. He's done amazing work. He's been on Chopped from the beginning. Um, I mean, and, and and those people are, you know, they, they've got all the cachet at Chopped. As I, I've said one time on Battleship Pretension, I go, these people are just like the house Negroes for, for the food network now. They're like, hey, go get fucking Alec Gornichelli. She'll do like four different shows. And then they plug her in wherever the fuck she's needed. They're all like utility players. But then they bring in Martha Stewart and they make a grandiose pronouncement about it. And it's like, fuck you, man. Just because you can make fucking crudite, don't pretend like you're famous or, or well, you're famous, but you're not more famous than these other fucking chefs. Alex Gornichelli could cook rings around fucking Martha Stewart. That's what I say. And I don't even like Alex Gornichelli. Now, Amanda Freitag, oh, oh, please, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't know because Amanda Freitag keeps it close to the vest. But from what I understand, perhaps she has a wife. She may, uh, she may be involved in a relationship with another lady or, or something like that. I don't, I don't know what her preferences are. I don't know. It's not like Anne Burrell, who I, who I know everything about because she's been in the gossip pages, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, but Amanda Freitag is just... She's she's just a beautiful, lovely woman with uh, who's incredibly talented as a chef and a and a, a wonderful presence on your television screen. I love Amanda Freitag, and I would I would love to run away with her, and I would do my best to make her uh, a lamb chop of of the highest quality. Uh, and she wouldn't yell about it, even if I messed up that lamb chop. She wouldn't yell. She'd be like, "Well, Mike, let me show you how to make the best lamb," and then she would. Martha Stewart would fucking yell at me and then put me to work in the fields. It'd be fucking terrible. Um. But regardless, when I Googled lamb recipes, Martha's was the first one that came up and I looked at it and it seemed good to me and she wanted to have a little garlic and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, well, I can do this. So uh, I went against her recipe because it didn't look like it was done to me. I rendered out the fat. I cooked it some more and uh, and I'm worried because I mean, you can cook the fuck out of a lamb chop. You know what I mean? And also it wasn't, it was tall rather than long. So it was like, to me, I felt I'm wondering about the heat transfer, every other fucking thing because the cast iron skillet, I've got it on medium heat and uh, she said medium heat, but I don't know. Is my stove, is my fire not hot enough? Is it not as hot as everybody else's fire? Because I have an old stove. I got no fucking clue. And cooking is essentially improv. You know what I mean? You're just, you're just winging it. You're hoping it works. You can't ever just follow a recipe and think that it'll be exactly right. You have to, if something's supposed to be done in 15 minutes and you look at it, it doesn't look like it's done. Don't just take it off and rely on the fact that it's done. You know what I mean? Take a look. I mean, I, in the past, I've had to kind of, you know, cut open a steak in the middle and make sure it was done the right way because I don't trust the skillet on the stove. I mean, and grilling is one thing too when you're out there on the fucking grill. But uh, now I got a meat thermometer. It's badass. So I, I had the meat thermometer. I put it in the middle of the lamb chop after I'd cooked the sides for three minutes and all that stuff. And it said 133. And Martha said when it hit 130, it was done. So I took it off right away and I let it rest. And then I, uh, I sliced open an avocado. I had a whole avocado. I had a handful of fucking organic tomatoes, threw those in a bowl and I put my lamb chop in there and I sat down and I cut it open with a steak knife and folks, holy shit. I could open this fucking lamb chop. Now, again, like I said, I improvised. I followed Martha in the beginning and then I went ahead and improvised. I cooked, I rendered the fat out. I made it uh, and there's a good chance you're going to fuck it up. So I, I take a fucking knife and I slice it open and it is, oh my God, it was so pink inside. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. 
folks, whenever it's pink inside, just bury your face in it. That's, that's how I live my life. That's the philosophy I've lived my life by from the beginning. And I will live it until the day I die. If you open it up and it's pink, bury your face in it. And sure enough, man, I, I cooked the perfect lamb chop, the perfect fucking lamb chop. It was, it was like, it was filet tender. Uh, it melted in my mouth. It was juicy. It had fucking flavor, the salt and pepper, the rosemary, all of it just fucking, you know, it just dudes. I, I took photos of it. If you want to see it, I'll put it on the Joker's page. I actually shared it in the Discord with people because I, I told people I was going to be cooking after the Twitch stream. Uh, and look, I know you don't want photos of it. How weird is that? You want photos? I got photos because I'm trying to prove I'm good. I'm smart. I'm great. Uh, but I, I, I fucking nailed it. I nailed this fucking lamb chop. I fucking killed it, baby. It was, it was so good. And then I ate with some avocado and some tomatoes. And the thing is with keto, everybody's got advice. That's another thing. People are helping, but at the same time, people always contradict one another. Like I've got like, John is like, man, avocados are like, you know, avocados and eggs are, you're going to be really a staple of what you eat. And then I talk to people like, don't eat too many avocados. They're high in fat. I'm like, I, all right, but what if I'm not eating anything else? What if I just eat like three avocados and a steak? You know what I mean? During the day, that's for the whole day. And everybody's like, well, that's not enough. You got to do, you do this. You got to vary it up. You got to, I'm like, I don't do it. I don't fucking, like I said, I don't eat breakfast. I barely eat lunch. You know what I mean? Unless I go somewhere and somebody makes it for me. As far as sitting here and cooking three meals a day, it's bad. I don't even want to be in the house to eat one meal a day, but all I do is bury myself in my fucking house. So I'm here. I might as well cook myself something. Right. Um, but I can't eat in the morning, whatever the fuck. Then people are like, don't eat too many tomatoes. And I'm like, but I, cause I, and I'm like, what do you mean? Don't eat too many tomatoes. I've had like three people write me and they're like, don't eat too many tomatoes. And I'm like, I don't, what if all I'm eating is avocado, tomato, and steak. That's all I'm eating. It's, it's, yeah, it's their little cherry tomatoes. There's fucking like 12 of them. And I ate them. I, I don't, I threw blueberries in my cauliflower yesterday. I made cauliflower. It was a cauliflower, riced cauliflower with riced broccoli and riced carrots. And then I made that and I tossed it with salt and pepper. And, uh, and I, I used, uh, you know, some of the, the runoff from what I cooked, like the, the cooking juices. And then I put uh, blueberries in it. It was fucking delicious. Oh, I didn't even get to that meal yet. I should tell you that. So two nights ago, I made the lamb chop. It was fucking amazing. Uh, lamb chop, avocado, tomatoes. And I was full. I was, it was great. I ate it and I was fun. I was, I was, that was the only meal I ate all day. It was full. So then yesterday, which was Wednesday, I got up and I, I had to run to the gym uh, I got to the gym, I got home and I had to Twitch stream and I didn't have time to eat, man. So you know what I ate? I ate a fucking, uh, I ate a package of Spanish peanuts, <laughs> Sriracha Spanish peanuts. And when I say a package, just like a little, they sell for 99 cents, but I got it for nine cents because at Walgreens, apparently they're, I, I don't know if they were just bad radioactive peanuts. I don't fucking know. Chernobyl peanuts, whatever the fuck, but I ate them and that's all I ate. And then I, I did a Twitch stream and then all of a sudden I, and I had to go to a thing last night. I was out. I didn't get home till 10 o'clock last night and I hadn't eaten yet. And part of me is like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty hungry, but I'm also not that hungry. And does it make sense to eat this late? And I was like, Mike, you're trying to be in the fucking groove. You're trying to cook shit for yourself. You made that lamb chop yesterday and you fucking smoked it. So go ahead and make something else. Cause the previous day, like I said, lamb chop, tomatoes, avocado. Well, I'm like, all right, I got a steak. I got it in the fridge. Let's make a steak. So, uh, so I Googled another way to make steaks. Now, look, I've made steaks in the past and I've been successful. Like I said, I've made them on the grill. Uh, in my, like I said, in my past relationship, I grilled steak one time as a meal for me and my ex and, and it came out fucking perfect, medium rare and beautiful and delicious. And I made a, a couple of sides that were so good. It's one of the, it's one of my proudest achievements. And uh, again, because there was another person involved, I made it for them. It wasn't just for me. And, uh, I, to that, I actually posted a photo of that on Facebook. Remember that go buy your fucking six back when I cared about life. <laughs> um, I care about life now. Don't, don't yell. I mean, that's all I needed. Somebody to write me a note. Are you okay? Do you have a gun at your head? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so I, I get home last night, 
10 o'clock. Same thing. I Google I, and I, and I have been trying, I've, I've made steak before. And like I said, I've made it successfully. You throw, you know, you salt, basically you just, you take salt, pepper, salt and pepper, a steak, and you, you throw a little oil in a pan or even a little butter in a pan. And you just throw the steak in there and you cook it till it's done. You know, you just fucking cook. You just, and that's cause that's an eye test really in a, in a pan. But then I came across a guy online and he's like, I can tell you how to make a perfect steak every single time in a skillet. And I was like, all right, well, let's go ahead and read this. And he has a method called the three, three, two, two method. And I, I'm very familiar with the four, four method with our friend, Martha. And then he improvised after that. Right. Okay. So, uh, this dude, he's like, here's the way to make a perfect medium rare steak. You heat up a heavy skillet, uh, for two minutes under over medium heat. It can't be high heat. Then you pour some, uh, like a couple tablespoons of oil, like saffron, uh, uh, sunflower oil or olive oil, whatever the fuck. And you let that heat up a little bit. And then you take your steak and he wanted me to cook the steak first without seasoning it. He's like, just put it in the skillet. And then when it comes out, then you season it with salt and pepper to taste, which, um, even I know that's wrong. That part's wrong. But what he says, he says, you put it in the skillet, you put it on one side, you leave it there for three minutes. You don't squeeze it. You don't push it. You don't pull it. None of that fucking bullshit. And then you flip it over after three minutes and you cook it on the other side for three minutes. You don't squeeze it. You don't push it. You don't pull it. None of that. And then you flip it over again for two more minutes. Then you flip it over again for two more minutes. And then you let it rest for five minutes. And he said, you got a perfect medium rare steak. I'm like, all right, I'm willing to take a shot at that. So last night, uh, I did it. I put the steak in the pan and I'm cooking it. And I will tell you this, I'm not getting a good sear on the steak when I'm looking at it, but I'm going, all right, I'm going to go ahead and trust this, uh, this method three, three, two, two. I make my cauliflower hash. Uh, and like I said, I, I used the runoff of the steak. I poured that on there. I threw some blueberries in there to eat. I, I opened up an avocado. I had an avocado on the side and I let this, this steak rest. And, uh, Folks, listen, here's the thing. I've made successful steaks in the past. And as I've said, cooking is improvisation. You have to look, you have to make sure you have to know that you're doing the right thing. And I even, I know you let the meat rescue. You don't want the juices to fucking come out. You don't let it seize up. But, uh, the three, three, two, two method, I'm going to change it to the one, 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 one method. And all four of those ones are middle fingers because fuck you. You ruined my steak. You son of a bitch. I did not have the heat too high. I know I did not. I did it exactly like he said. He's like, well, first of all, he's like, make sure it's like the heat is at like 300, whatever the fuck. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to put a fucking meat thermometer into the flames to find out how hot they are. Medium heat is you turn on the heat a little medium, whatever the fuck. And, uh, and this fucking steak was gray as your grandfather's fucking ball sack. It was so gray. There was no brown. There was no delicious sear on it. And then I sure enough, I let it, I let it rest. I get the cauliflower. I put it in a bowl. I put the avocado. I grab the steak. I go sit down to eat. I cut open this fucking steak. And, uh, dudes, it's fucking, I, I, it's, it's, there's a line, a tiny, there's a thin, you know, you remember, you ever seen the movie, the thin red line, or you hear about the thin blue line? Well, I had a thin pink line, extremely thin and a whole lot of fucking gray. You thought the outside was gray. I open up this fucking steak and it just, it just, it, again, I thought the outside looked like your grandpa's ball sack. The inside looked like his taint. I mean, it was just. The filet part of the steak is it was a New York steak or a ribeye steak, I should say. And, uh, um, and it was a bone in. So the kind of the, you know, the soft filet part at the top, that was fully gray all the way through. And I'm like, motherfucker, how dare you? I mean, look, if you ever have to cut the filet with a steak knife, you've made a mistake. You should be able to fucking almost pull that off the bone and cut it with your fork. And then I open the rest. And now look, it was pink near the bone. Uh, which, which could describe any other number of great things in our lives. Right. Pretty much. But it was, it was pink near the bone. And then it was like, all right, well this, now it's good. Like inside it was fine, 
Uh, but, but three quarters of the fucking steak was just gray with a thin line of pink. And I, cho- and I choked it down. Please don't, don't kid yourself. I didn't throw the fucking thing out. The cauliflower was delicious and the avocado went really well with it. And then the avocado with the steak at least fucking saved it a little bit, but Jesus fucking Christ, dudes, it was just so gray and f- it was just, you know what? Don't make a gloomy steak. That's all I'm going to tell you. If you're fucking cooking, make sure there's some brightness. There's got to be some pink. There's got to be some red. Nobody wants a gloomy steak. And that's what this motherfucker made me with a 3322. Fuck you. 1111. But I tried. I took a shot at it. I did the best I could. I made a fucking steak as gray as your grandpa's ball sack. And I still choked it the fuck down because I'm trying. I'm trying to be a grown up. I'm trying to be a man. I'm trying to cook for myself. I'm worried about the keto flu. I'm worried about fucking my enemy, my natural enemy, ketosis. But at least I'm making the effort. And that's all you can do, right? Says the guy who's supposed to do a show on Wednesdays and now he's doing it on Thursdays because he's not making the effort. Bullshit. I'm going to be better. I promise. Be better. That's it. That was the name of the show last week or two weeks ago. I don't even remember. All I know is it's a mantra and I got to live by it. I'm trying to make it fucking happen by making chops and steaks and recording and bringing you whatever I can whenever I can. And I appreciate your patience. And God damn it. I hate to be a 52 year old work in progress, but that's who I am. So please don't fucking hold it against me. I'll do the best I can to get to your podcast on time. You know what? Maybe I'll do three, three, two, two. Maybe I'll just do three minutes, three minutes, two minutes, two minutes. From now on, you'll get a fucking uh, 10 minute. What is that? Six, 10, eight. I, mean, I can't even do math. I'm too old. I learned all my math in Texas textbooks. What the fuck do you want from me? You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friends at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. Uh, you can be uh, follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy I'm on Instagram and Snapchat too did you know that well it's true Mike40YOB that's my name on Instagram that's my name on Snapchat uh, adding new people all the time because they're fucking awesome and great and I need to go ahead and share more photos on Instagram because that's what I like to do reminding you that that exists please be a, a fan of following me at Instagram and Snapchat also I'm at uh, uh, on the PS4 network at Mike40YOB. Find me on there and add me as your friend. We'll all be pals. That'll be fucking fantastic. Uh, Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And again, I always say that I got to contact him and then I don't. And then I still got to contact him. So I do got to contact him. Uh, Ryan is available at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Go ahead and tell him you like him and be his friend and be his pal. Uh, if he's not out feeding the ostriches, he'll go ahead and answer your message. And of course, David Hernandez does all of the music and the artwork. Now let's talk about the artwork really quick. Um, last week, David did a, he's, he's, a, we're trying a new thing. Uh, David is doing artwork for the show, but he's going to listen to the show first and then do the artwork for it after the fact. And then that artwork will be, will be my Facebook cover photo and will also be attached on the YouTube file of that week's podcast. So last week he wound up doing artwork that was fucking amazing. And it is my, uh, right now, if you go to my Facebook page. Uh, well, of all right now until he does the new one for this week. God damn it. But right now it's my cover photo and it's got a quote from last week's show of fucking amazing artwork. It's really cool. And, uh, if you want, Oh my, hold on. My, my throat just made a noise. I apologize. Do I have to, I don't want to fucking erase it. <laughs> Enjoy that throat noise. Take it. Um, but also if you go to YouTube and you check out, uh, episode spores year 11, but, and this show is going to count by the way, I'm going, this is episode 43. I know it's late, but it's still going to fucking count. God damn it. It's, it was the year of podcasts that don't count, but this one counts. Um, but if you go and you listen to uh, episodes spores on YouTube, you'll see the artwork as well. And goddamn, is it fun and awesome. And whatever he's going to come up with this week, it'll be fun and awesome, I'm sure. Uh, you can find him. First, be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. He's the best and you'll find him there. Now, I'll tell you what, David is doing artwork uh, also for people like you or people that you know. 
So step forward. You want him to do something for you? What you want to do, like I said, be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And then go through his photos. He's got a folder of... Uh, of tons of artwork that he's done, tons of creators uh, of, of cre- uh, characters he's created. You can see all the artwork he's done for this show, the memes that he's made. Uh, it gives you a general idea of what he can do for you. He can do your Facebook artwork, your image page, whatever the fuck, whatever you guys want. If you want him to do a cover photo for you, using a quote from your podcast, I guess. I don't know. Whatever you want to hire him to do, he's in the market, man. He's going to go ahead and do it. Uh, you can check that out. Now, also, he has his website, artbydmh.com. That's more of a corporate presence, but you can go ahead and check that out and uh, you can see what he's done in the past. Um, but again, like I said, at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, that's where you want to be. And you want to go ahead and reach him there and check with him about what he can do for you regarding caricatures or regarding artwork, regarding oils, regarding watercolors, whatever the fuck you want to hire him for. And again, you can see his Valscapes, his guy cons, all of that stuff is available there to go ahead and peruse through his Facebook photos and check that out because he does amazing work. He does just uh, really high quality stellar work. Other listeners of the show have him hanging in their foyers all over the goddamn place. Well, not him, his artwork, certainly don't have him hanging in his foyer. What the fuck is this man? Back off, Kizzy. Don't spit in my drink. Uh, so sure enough, he does all of this great work. You can check him out there. Like I said, art by DMH as well. And also he has a Facebook group. It's a closed group. It's called I'm dumb. You're dumb. That's dumb. We're dumb. I think it's called or no, it's that's dumb. You're dumb. We're dumb. I'm dumb. I don't know. It's a, it's a bunch of dumbs. But if you become his friend on Facebook, you'll be able to find a, a portal to it. Now I will tell you this. All right. I, and I can't stress this enough. And I say it every week. If you want to be a member of that group, it's a closed group and you have to ask to join. And then when you ask to join, you are given three questions to answer and you have to answer those questions correctly to be added to the group. They're not hard. They're not brain teasers. They're not challenging. Basically what they are is a way to make sure you're not going to try to make this a fucking open mic night with the questions and whatever the fuck else you're going to do. So if, if he gives you the questions and you're snarky and you don't answer them, you're not going to get in the group. And I, I can't stress that enough. So please know this. If you're trying to get into this is dumb, that's dumb. You're dumb. We're dumb. I'm dumb. You're going to get three trivia questions, answer them, please. And then you'll get in the group. If you try to be snarky and funny in your answers, you're not going to get in the group. And maybe you don't want to be in the group. Maybe you just want to be snarky and funny in your answers. Good for you. Enjoy your time there. And that's a good thing. And then whatever you want to do with your life, I don't want to tell you how to lead your life, but I'm telling you, if you want to be in that group, answer the fucking questions. All right, just do that. Um, and you can find out about this group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb through Mex's Facebook page. You can be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And again, like I said, he's got his website, whether that's corporate stuff or not, it's still impressive. You still get to look at all of his artwork. And I like the cadence of using it as the out here a lot better than saying the Facebook address. So I'm going to say it again here. Go visit him at artbydmh.com. That is A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com.
Folks, in spite of my debunking his debunking, Fearful Jesuit continues to sponsor this show with his podcast, The Paranoid Strain. That's right. I took him to task last week. I, I back into the left of that motherfucker last week. And yet still, still he stays with this show that shows just how much he loves us and just how much we love him and just how much we have in common and just how much he loves you guys that he wants to bring his message to all of you in the, in the masses of the 40 year old boy listeners. So please folks. The Paranoid Strain Podcast sponsors this show. They're available right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and download that. Uh, first of all, subscribe and get all of the, uh, the episodes, the chapters, whatever you want to call them, and listen because they're all brilliant. But this latest one is, uh, this is his Opus Day, Opus D. That's wrong, right? Isn't that a Jesus thing? I think it is. Uh, but this is his magnum opus. Let's put it that way. That's right. You've got to put a giant condom over this fucking head of yours when you listen to this episode. You need a magnum condom on your ears to listen to this episode because it's just, it's going to satisfy you in ways heretofore unknown to you in the past. Folks, it is the JFK conspiracy debunking assassination episode. Um, it's got everything, buddy. It's got you learning about the doorstop of truth. It's got you uh, learning about uh, Oswald traveling from Finland and Russia back to the U.S., back to Mexico. It's got actual audio of Oswald, as I've mentioned before. It, it tells you about how JFK's brain is missing. Did you know this? JFK's brain is missing. Uh, did you know this? That Fearful has a theory, and I don't want to say it's a theory. Let's put it this way. He steps up and he says, uh, I mean, look, he couches it in nice language, certainly, where he's like, uh, JFK's brain is missing. He thinks that RFK took it because he wanted to spare the family from having it prodded and poked and put on display in the Smithsonian. Now he says it in a gentle way, like, Oh yeah, RFK had every right to take the president's brain. And I say to you, what a ghoulish accusation, sir. You say that the brother of the man who was assassinated came in and stole his brain. Not unlike a modern day Boston accented Igor. as he wanders into the, wherever the fuck they kept the brain in a brain pan, the presidential brain pan. How dare you fearful. You cast aspersions on the whole Kennedy family. I, I, here's what I really hope, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I hope Fearful Jesuit does more Kennedy stuff, including, isn't it RFK's son now who's an anti-vaxxer? Isn't that motherfucker still around? What the fuck, man? Just this, go ahead and figure out what the fuck is wrong with that guy. Make your whole next episode on that. I, I, on anti-vaxxers, just bring it back and fucking just take it apart, please, please. Although I know what his next few episodes are about, but I don't want to tell you. If you want to know, you're going to have to subscribe to the show, The Paranoid Strain, in the iTunes store right now. Go ahead and check it out. Download episodes. Uh, amazing stuff. You'll hear, uh, if you look, if you want to hear 18 different fucking music drops about Kennedy, go ahead and get this year's episode, this year's, this week's episode, this month's episode, this new episode. Um, would you like to write Fearful Jesuit? Tell him something. You can contact him. Strain at gmail.com. Strain at gmail.com. Write him. Uh, tell him you love the show. Tell him you heard it through us so he knows we're hitters and that, that we're, uh, it's effective to sponsor this show. It's always great, and I appreciate you guys doing that and letting him know what's what. Also, you can leave a review in the iTunes store. Go ahead and do that, uh, telling them what a great show it is and telling them you heard it via the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast. And uh, I, I gotta t- I'll share this with you. Um, <laughs> I tell people to do that in the iTunes store, and someone wrote me, and they're like, hey, man, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I'm like, and so I went, you know, I'll go check sometimes to see if somebody left a, a review for Fearful to mention us. And then I was like, hey, you know what? I forgot. People can review our show in the iTunes store, <laughs> which, which I got to tell you, that's a good thing to forget because um, I went to check, and this is two weeks ago, somebody wrote something. And literally, this is, I, I, I read this review, and, and this person wrote, uh, all of the help Mike has gotten from his fans has uh, gone like either gone to his head or, or it's been too much because he now he'll lazily put up an old show uh, and not commit to doing it. He's more, more likely to put up an old show than do a new show these days. And then uh, what else did he say? 
um, he's more more lazy to do it. Put up an old show rather than a new show these days. But here's here's my favorite part. This is the end of the review. Okay, first of all, all the help I get from my fans has gone uh, has, has I don't know made me soft. Whatever the fuck the implication was. But then he said, uh, if forty year old Mike could hear what forty year old Mike was putting out, he would punch him in the face. <laughs> I got news for you. 40 year old Mike would have punched a lot of fucking people in the face. All right. There's no doubt about that. Uh, 50 year old Mike is less likely to punch people in the face, but I'll tell you what, you've got that fucking backwards, uh, uh, anonymous internet dude knowing 50 year old Mike, knowing what 40 year old Mike was about to do or what he had done. I think it's, I think the odds are so much better that 50 year old Mike would punch 40 year old Mike in the fucking face. Now would 50 year old Mike get the shit kicked out of him by 40 year old Mike? Probably. But, but I gotta be honest, knowing what I know now, knowing what's transpired, I I think 50 year old Mike is more than likely to take a fucking elbow right to the goddamn skull and cranium of 40 year old Mike. And then that's one ass whooping I got to take after that because 40 year old Mike could take a shot. 50 year old Mike, I don't know so much. And luckily, I don't want to know and I don't want to find out. But 40 year old Mike, he didn't mind a scrap (laughs) And, uh, and he probably would tear apart 50 year old Mike. You're not wrong, but for all the wrong reasons that you're saying. Uh, but if you guys want to leave it, uh, you know what? Go tell, go tell fearful Jesuit that 40 year old fearful Jesuit would have punched 41 year old fearful Jesuit in the face. Uh, cause I don't even know how old the gentleman is, but what the fuck? Why not? Uh, but that's out there. You can leave an iTunes review for the show. Please do that. Go ahead and make it everything you wanted to make it and tell him that he's doing a good job because we need him to know that sponsoring the show is a smart move and download the show and listen to it because it's a great show. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. It's entertaining. Uh, there's information. You'll learn things you maybe didn't know. And you'll hear things put in a context you didn't expect. So please go ahead and download the Paranoid Strain podcast in the iTunes store. Subscribe there, please. Leave a review there. Send him a note, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. And tell Fearful Jesuit that you love the fact that he's involved with the 40-year-old boy show. And maybe he will continue to be involved with the 40-year-old boy show. I appreciate that very much. Uh, Did you know the cameo exists? It does. I don't think you're ever going to use it. But what the fuck? It's out there. It's It's a... Dude, so many, so many fucking famous people are doing this now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting lost in the wash and that's fine. Look, no strangers were ever going to book me. Nobody's going to look me up and go, that's the guy I got to have this nobody. Uh, but it's, it's mainly for my fan base. And, and so, and also, like I said, I cut my own balls off with Schmitty call me at gmail.com. That's fine. <clears throat> I didn't need 15 bucks, but <laughs> if you want to hire me through cameo, you can download the app to your website uh, or your phone, I should say. And, uh, and also they have a website called book, uh, bookcameo.com, I think, but it's more of an app thing. Download it to your phone and then hire me to fucking, uh, say happy graduation to your young or your young son or daughter, or say, yes, that d- does look like a delicious lamb chop to you when you fucking, uh, cook something. I, whatever you want, I'll say it $15. I'm your monkey. I'm your huckleberry fucking sign me the fuck up. I'm a lunger. As you heard earlier in the shows, I'm sniffling like a motherfucker. Uh, so go ahead and sign me up and please get me involved in your goddamn activities with cameo so I can live in your phone and tell you great things about yourself over the course of two to seven to 10 minutes. I don't fucking, it depends on how long, look, it's that, that's another thing. It's just like a mini podcast. I just open up the floodgates and I start fucking talking. Some people got two minutes. Some people got 10. Who who fucking knows? It all depends on what kind of information you give me. And it all depends on what kind of afternoon I'm having. I'll drop, I'll drop a whole fucking pile of knowledge on you. I'll bitch. I'll whine. I'll moan. Who knows? Hey, you know what? Do me a favor. Sign me through cameo and uh, do me specifically book 40 year old Mike. And you can watch him punch 50 year old Mike in the face. That'll be fantastic. Uh, So please download cameo and hire me if you want. You don't have to, but if you want to go ahead, who wants to drive for Uber and Lyft? You 
before it all comes crashing down into a pile of legislation? Well, yes, you do, of course. Why not make a couple of bucks before the government comes and takes it over? If you want to drive for Lyft, you can use my code, Mike720057. That's Mike720057. And that is all caps. M-I-K-E-720057. Please use that code if you want to become a driver. I get a spiff. I get a, I get a bonus. And also, if you're a first-time rider, if you've never used Lyft in your life, but you want to go ahead and use it now, uh, go ahead and sign up for Lyft. And, uh, and when you do your first ride, use the code Mike720057. I would appreciate that very much. Again, I get a little spiff for all of that kind of stuff. Same thing with Uber. You can use my code DJZW1YTTUE. That's DJZW1YTTUE. And that's all lowercase. DJZW, the number one, YTTUE. All lowercase. If you want to be a driver, you use that code, you sign up. And uh, if you do your first, like, once you do your first 100 rides, I get like $700. So that would be fucking cool, man. And when I say 100 rides, that's. That's about a month's worth of driving, depending on how much you're driving. You can do 25 rides in a weekend if you do a couple of, you know, four hours a day. I don't want to tell you how to spend your fucking time just to make me money, but I do, but I don't. Uh, So use my code at Uber. Use my code at Lyft. Go ahead and drive out there. Take people around. Uh, Like I said, if you're a first-time rider with Uber as well, use my code and I get a spiff. It works out great for me and uh, possibly even for you because you're helping out the show and it makes me very happy. Thank you for thinking of me. Uh, Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page which you know is the Joe business page. And there's an Amazon link there. Go ahead and use our Amazon link. Click through and use that, please, for all of your shopping needs. Um, we're all shopping at Amazon, right? We're all buying stuff every goddamn day. I see those guys out there because they're, I'll tell you what, I actually looked into driving for them, but they don't need drivers in Los Angeles, probably because every other fucking driver in the world is doing it here in Los Angeles. But, uh, but I mean, and also look, do I really want to be driving for Amazon? Yeah, I don't mind. Like I said, I'd rather transport packages than humans. That's fine. If the money's equal because nobody tips anyway. Um, but I looked and it's funny. They need drivers in like Sheboygan. You know what I mean? They don't need any in the, in the major hubs, like in these major media centers. because They got more than enough people fucking doing the driving for them. However, all these little towns at, at, at the Amazon site, they're like, if you want to drive in Schenectady, give us a call or whatever the fuck. So uh, but it's out there. It exists. But the bottom line is let's keep those people busy by using the Amazon link for our show. Go to the merchandise page at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Click on the Amazon link and then you're shopping. Then you're using the Mike Schmidt code. You don't even know it. It costs you nothing. It costs you 10 seconds of your time to go to my website, go to the merchandise page, click on the Amazon link. You're done. Now do all your shopping and I get, I get just a little spiff. I get a little credit for that and it keeps this show afloat. And I thank you very much for thinking of me in that way. Also, uh, well, I'll just segue these two together. Are you an Amazon Prime customer? Perhaps you are. Did you know that I'm on Twitch? I am. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Six days a week, I'm streaming myself playing video games live on there. Sometimes we just do a talking chat where it's like a podcast. Um, still trying to do the best way I can to buffet my uh, to uh, buffer my time or budget my time, I guess is the way to put it. Because um, one of the reasons this show has been late the past few weeks is because I'm talking a lot in the live streams. And then when it comes time to actually do the podcast and talk, I'm a little burnt sometimes. And so I kind of, I'm like, I kind of exhale. And then all of a sudden it's late Wednesday night and I'm like, fuck. And, uh, and I, but it's, it, we're working on it and fixing it. But the other day, literally I talked for 90 minutes in the stream before I even played a game. So I'm basically doing daily podcasts over at Twitch. And then in addition, I'm playing like Vikings and robots or, uh, or right now I'm playing fucking, uh, Midwest androids. It's fucking fun. It's totally fun. So go ahead and check me out at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. 
come and watch a stream and have fun. In the beginning, we do. Uh, it used to be yogurt and bullshit. That's what we used to call the talk beforehand. Uh, but I don't. I can't eat yogurt anymore, according to my trainer, <laughs> as you know, carbs and sugar. So I'll, I'll have tuna, whatever. I, I try to eat uh, a snack. I'll usually have like a handful of macadamia nuts. And, but that's really too long. Handful of macadamia nuts and bullshit. Nobody wants to think about that. Regardless, I wind up talking a little bit before every stream, sometimes a half hour. Sometimes it gets ludicrous and I talk for 90 minutes like I did the other day. And it's usually about people talking about soup. So come and join us. Join, join us with a CH. Come and join us at uh, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. I'm there six days a week. And you can actually go now and check out the, uh, the channel and see there are uh, there's clips of streams that people thought were funny. And then there's full on streams that you can just rewatch. Like you can't participate, but you can watch me for four hours playing Midwest androids or whatever the fuck. It's totally fun. It's totally exciting. And we want to see you there in the chat stream having fun. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is if you're an Amazon prime customer, you can subscribe to me at Twitch with a Twitch prime subscription. Now that's only good for one month and you have to renew it every single month, but it costs you nothing. And it gets me five bucks. Every Amazon prime person who subscribed to me via Twitch prime, I get five bucks that month, which is pretty cool. I've got a bunch of people doing it and a bunch seems high, but enough people are doing it. That makes me very happy. So it costs you nothing. Like I said, you literally just got to find a button and click Twitch prime subscription. I've got people who've done it for like six months now, seven months. And that's really fun. And I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, so if you're out there and you're an Amazon prime person, you want to check me out on twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, and then subscribe via Twitch prime. Uh, it's really going to help me out, help the show out, help the Twitch channel out because it helps Twitch know that I'm a hitter. It helps Amazon know that I'm a hitter and it helps uh, all of my bill people know that I'll pay the bills. So please, if you can do that, that would be great. Go ahead and help us pay the bills by becoming a Twitch prime subscriber via Amazon prime. And also remember to use the Amazon link right there at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, And it really helps out the show. And I thank you for thinking of us. Uh, if you want to help out the show every month, you can be a Patreon patron. I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy. I believe it is just Google Patreon, 40 year old boy, uh, or Patreon, Mike Schmidt. You'll find me. You'll see my big lurking head and you'll see little, uh, little Schmitty there as well. And you can become a Patreon patron, uh, for as little as a dollar a month or all the way up to, I think I did a thousand dollars a month, which nobody did. What a shock, but I did it as a goof and you know that, but still become a Patreon patron. It helps this show along with Twitch, along with Amazon, along with everything else. We're doing our best to stay afloat and, uh, I'd really love to come out and start doing some live stuff, you know, and, and it's all about budgeting and getting more money and getting people to subscribe. And, and you know this, and this is the part I hate, but I'm told I'm supposed to be better at it. So that's why I'm kind of nakedly telling you right now, if you go ahead and do a Twitch prime, or even if you just, you can just subscribe without, without Amazon prime, you can subscribe at Twitch tier one, tier two, tier three, you'll get all sorts of, uh, horn boy emojis that Mex created. And, um, and if you want to go ahead and, like I said, use the Patreon page and go ahead and do that. It's, it's, it's all great and it's all fantastic. And I appreciate you very much. Everybody who gives me a dime or a dollar, anybody who listens and, and has ever laughed at anything I've said, you've, you've, you've brought me to this point. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to people in the past and they're like, oh yeah, I got a podcast. I'm thinking of starting one and I don't know about, you know, what it's going to cost and da, da. And I'm like, well, you know what it costs is time and it costs, um, you have to be emotionally invested and you have to care. And I know by putting the show out late on a Thursday, it doesn't look like I care, but please know that I do because I put it out every goddamn week anyway. Hi. Uh, now, a 40-year-old Mike was here. He'd punch me in the face for saying that, but I'm telling you right now, yeah, I'm not going to let that fucking go. Um, but the point is, I appreciate all of you and anybody who gives me a dime and keeps this show afloat and supports financially. I mean, listening and downloading and all that is fucking cool, but if you support financially, if everybody, because I know, I, you know, I see the numbers, and if everybody out there gave me a dollar a month or five bucks a month, 
uh, it would be fantastic. I could go out, I could do live stuff. It would be really great. And I don't, I don't mean to be, this is the, let's put it this way. You know, this is the part I hate. I'm making myself do it more in depth today because I probably won't do it for the next three weeks, but it's, it's something I have to share with you. It, it keeps the show afloat. It keeps me afloat. If you go ahead and give money, I, I hate to, to make art and commerce intersect, but right in the middle of that Venn diagram is my fucking cell phone bill. So please, if you think about it, become a Patreon patron, uh, patron, <laughs> Patreon patron, or use the Amazon link via Mike Schmidt uh, or become a Twitch prime subscriber or a regular subscriber at Twitch. It helps us. It keeps us afloat and I appreciate it. Uh, we've got the YouTube channel as well. The YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy, I believe. And so go ahead and, uh, <clears throat> we don't have a lot of new stuff on there. Uh, every week, the new episode goes up. The most important thing is the new artwork that's, uh, on last week's episode, episode spores. And then this week's episode will have artwork as well. So, uh, always go to the YouTube channel, subscribe too, because again, the more those numbers go up, um, the more YouTube thinks I'm somebody and then advertising helps. And, and it's just, I know this is very aggressive and it's very nakedly capitalistic and I don't mean to be that person, but at the same fucking time, uh, you know, I got to get back in the car. And so I'm going to try to cut down as much of the time in the car as I possibly can. And I want to get out and do live stuff. And hi, how are you? Everybody's fine. Uh, and I mentioned I'm at Snapchat. I told you that, right? I'm at Snapchat, uh, on your phone. You can download that. And, uh, the reason I bring it up is because a listener, I don't want to say their name. Uh, she, uh, has been, she's been with me forever. She's been a listener from the jump and I appreciate her so much. And she's, she's been my friend now on Snapchat and, uh, she just recently had, uh, a baby boy. And so she sent me the photo via Snapchat. And, uh, I know you're thinking, well, that's awesome that somebody would share a baby photo. And it is, it's fucking amazing. And, and the boy is beautiful. He's just a beautiful child, but here's the best part folks. She sent me the photo and she's like, uh, Hey Mike, I think my baby just did a stew look. And dudes, it, it is a baby doing the most perfect stool look. He's laying down and he's just, he's just staring off at the distance. Like, yeah, that's right. I'm a goddamn badass. It's fucking, it's so great. And Snapchat is creepy. Okay. Because if somebody sends you a Snapchat of their tits or whatever the fuck, and you take a picture of it to save it, Snapchat tells the person, because the whole point of Snapchat is these photos fade away. You, you see them and then they disappear. That's the whole point. Like, ha ha, here's my cock. And then peekaboo, it's gone. Um, because that was what the whole thing was predicated on, but you can set like a five second rule or a seven second rule or whatever the fuck. Well, I saw the baby with the fucking stool look and I, I snapped the picture instinctually. I was just like, that is fucking cool as hell. And then, uh, and then I wrote her, I go, this is fantastic. I love it. I go, I won't post it if you don't want me to. Of course not. Uh, I just want to make sure that you, you know, I didn't cause I, I snapped it. I felt weird then. And I'm like, I snapped it. I saved it. I, I won't post it if you don't want me to. I just want to make sure you know why I saved it. Cause I just thought it was really cool. And then uh, she wrote me back and she's like, yeah, please don't post it because, you know, we're not we're not sharing a lot of photos of him, uh, but you had to see this. It was a stool look and it was amazing. And so I wrote her like, I'm like, of course, I know I wasn't going to post it. I just want you to know that I, I didn't I didn't snap it to be creepy. Like I didn't I didn't know I wasn't like, ah, baby, look at me taking a photo of a baby because that's just fucking creepy as hell. Right. That's just fucking weird. Uh, but but he I, I'm telling you, he's just laying there and he's doing the most perfect stool look and he's a gorgeous baby. And I'm, I was, I'm always happy when people share stuff with me because I, I will tell you what, there's been listeners who've had babies and on Facebook where they send me photos and, uh, like I have a, a great, Seth and Tracy always send me photos of, of their daughter. I don't want to say her name because it's a show, uh, but I've used, then again, I've used photos of her daughter as the artwork on occasionally wearing a shirt of mine. Um, everyone, you know, I, I just, 
we're family, we're a community. And I've been with, I, I, you know, I remember I've been with people for like 11 years, some 12, if they've been listening to never not funny. So, I mean, I've been a big part of a lot of people. Some people have known me half their fucking life, which is crazy. And when they have babies, that's the even weird thing. They started listening when they were 15. Well, now they're fucking 27 and they got a kid and they're sending me a photo or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, holy dude, this is, it's just, it's overwhelmingly positive and awesome. And it makes me very happy to know that I've been a part of your lives for that long. And I'm going to throw this out there. I thought about this because this is, you know, she sent me the picture of her son and he's doing a stew look and it's just fucking gorgeous. And other people have sent me baby photos. People send me their doggo photos. And I love that. I love seeing your dog. Anytime you want to send me a dog or a cat or anybody having a good time, any baby, any pet, I'm on board, man. It makes me happy. Anything that makes me happy, I'm on board. And that's what I want. Any, any dog, any cat, any baby, any pet, a bird, you got a fucking hedgehog. I don't give a shit. Send me photos via Snapchat, Instagram, however you want to do it. I have a, I have a guy, a person now who owns a farm and is a fan of mine and they and are a friend of mine, listener. And they sent me photos of the farm. And I said, I, I want more photos of the farm. Just send me because they built a greenhouse. They showed me that. They showed me their field. I want to know about your lives. It's fucking awesome to me. I, I just, because again, I'm a voice in the void. I'm sitting at a desk. Uh, again, flat surfaces all over the place. And so I really love to receive that. And I thought about this, like, you know, cause I've met people, I've gone to their homes, I've met their kids and which is bananas. Um, I'm never going to have kids. I mean, we know this, right? I'm never going to have a baby, uh, which is a drag. Cause I'd love to have a little me, but at the same time, I'm not, I couldn't buy that baby one thing he needed. Literally, I'm like, you know me, I'm, I'm in the middle. I, I buy myself a lamb chop and it's a huge fucking world life accomplishment. I can't buy a pacifier for anybody. I'd faint. So I'm like, fuck that. I can not get any kids, but yet you guys have your kids. So it's this weird tangential thing where we're all friends and I see your kids and everybody's having a good time. And I see a baby doing a stool look and I'm like, fuck, I'm involved. I'm involved in their life. I'm sort of tangentially weirdly involved in that kid's life. It's fucking great. So here's what I want. I thought about it and I've, I've you know what? Fuck this. If anybody out there is pregnant, if any of my listeners out there are pregnant right now, if you're, if you're going to have a kid, I want to be in the delivery room when you have a baby. That's right. I want to be, I want to be part of this kid's life from the fucking second it opens its goddamn eyes. That's how I want to handle myself. Whether it's, I, it's something I need to experience. It's not even about you and your baby. This is more about me. It's very selfish. <laughs> I want to be in the fucking room. And then look, I won't look at your vagina. I promise I'll look the other way. I'll just look when the baby's head pops out. If it's crowning, I'll take a look. I'll be talking to your husband while he's wearing a mask, whatever the fuck I'll hold the camera, whatever you need me to do. And it's funny because I've, I, this is, it's not even about you guys. Like I've thought to myself for a long time, I would love to be in a delivery room when somebody had a baby. And I've, I've thought about it to a point where I was like, well, you know, man, I fucking, I almost went to Craigslist. I was like, should I put that on Craigslist? Hey man, I want to be in the delivery room. when We have a baby, but how fucking weird would that be? I'd be thrown in jail immediately. They would come looking for me. They would throw me in the goddamn clink. It wouldn't be, be a fucking second thought. That's just, is that, all you're saying at that point is I want to see your wife's vagina. And that's not what this is about. God damn it. I want to see a baby be born. I want to be in the room. I'm going to hear the first cries. I want to have a nurse look at me and go, what'd you think, Mr. Schmidt? I'm going to go, oh, that's fucking awesome. I am awake and alive. It's going to be fucking beautiful. And I want to experience that with somebody. Because again, Craigslist far too impersonal. They, nobody's going to hire a stranger to come in and check it out. However, you guys, we have a connection. And I recognize how unbelievably creepy this sounds. But at the same fucking time, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be fun to have me come out there and feed your wife ice chips while she squeezed out a baby? That'd be fucking cool as hell. I will not look at her baby house. I promise. I make this vow to you. I will not look at her baby house. I will just look at her baby. When the baby pops his head out, I'll be like, oh, check that dude out or little girl or whatever the fuck. And then they smack it and they clean it up and they give it all the fluid. And then I'll just be in there. I'll take a couple of photos. Not for me, for you, not for me. But won't that be great? Don't you want me in there being a cheerleader going breathe, 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 huff and puff and fucking feed nice to your guy? 
goddamn wife, you get the fucking day off. Go pass out cigars in the goddamn lobby. You don't even think about being in there because I'll hold her hand. I'll pretend I'm you. Make me a you mask. How about that? With big enough eyes cut out and I'll go ahead and pretend that I'm you. I'll feed her ice. I'll call her baby. I'll, I'll mop her brow. Whatever the fuck. She can yell and punch me. Better yet, let's do that. Holy fuck. Whether it's Lamaze or uh, where you have a weird gypsy deliver it in a water tub or whatever the fuck I can be the designated punch guy like your wife will be yelling and normally I guess from what I've heard like I don't know anything about this I know that women sometimes I guess if it's painful if they don't have any fucking medication or they don't get an epidural or whatever the fuck and they're mad and they're holding on to their husband and they're punching him I've heard all those bits and I'm sure it's hack at this point that women get mad in the middle of a birth but at the same time I could be there I could be the designated mad guy you're there loving your wife you're feeding her ice you're holding her hand you're cutting sweet talking her and she's just punching me with her other hand like you motherfucker this is your fucking fault I I'm willing to take the fall for you, man. Look me up. I'm willing to be the designated punch guy. I'm a heavy bag. I'll be a goddamn delivery room heavy bag, and you can hold your wife and make it fucking perfect for her as you stare in her fucking face while she's sweating. And I'm getting Come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick. Egg, egg, egg.